This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. Today is Wednesday, October 14th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. The Philadelphia Inquirer reports that the school district of Philadelphia will begin returning children to classrooms on November 30th with children in grades pre-K through 2nd. Superintendent William Height Jr. made the announcement in a letter sent to staff on Tuesday. The district plans a phased-in approach that prioritizes the health and safety of our students students and staff, as well as the needs of our families, while offering a mix of in-person and digital remote learning for students, he said. Families can choose an all-virtual option if they desire. In the first phase of the plan, the district's youngest learners will go back to their physical classrooms two days a week, learning remotely the other days. Students will be in the classroom either Monday and Tuesday or Thursday and Friday. All children will be remote on Wednesdays. The district's goal, as much as possible, Height said in the letter, is for students to continue with their current teachers, whether they choose hybrid or 100 digital learning. The district spent $6 million in technology to allow teachers to live stream their classrooms teaching in uh, both in-class students and those learning virtually at the same time. There was no immediate plan for when other students might come back to the classroom classrooms and officials said the details were subject to change given COVID-19 case counts and other factors. Height is expected to announce further details to the plan later today. What was the start date on that, Kev? November 30th. Oh, wow. Okay. So, uh, Ben... Yeah, Ben's school district uh, starts back next week. So uh, some of the kids will be uh, home on uh, Mondays and Wednesdays. Some of the kids will be home on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And all the kids will be home on Fridays. Uh, but they're going to do some virtual and some in class starting next week. It's yeah. wild how many different variations so on many. these. There's tons of them. So, so my friend was telling me that uh, his kids, uh, it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, one week, and then Tuesday and Thursday the next week. And it depends on their ages, too. Yeah. So uh, right. Ben's in middle school, and some I think the high school doesn't start until the following week. It's even weirder because my uh, neighbor's kids are full-grown adults with their own family. <laughs> oh, that's mm. weird. Yet they're being forced to go to school. <laughs> forced or choosing? Yeah, forced to choose. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so this is November 30th. So they're saying, obviously, things could change. but Yeah, it's a lot of time in between. It's a end. lot of time in between. So we'll see what happens. Philadelphia Eagles fans will be allowed back at Lincoln Financial Field starting this Sunday when the Birds play the Baltimore Ravens. Yay! After city officials announced changes to coronavirus-related crowd restrictions. The stadium occupancy will be limited to 7,500 people, which includes players, coaches, team, stadium personnel, media, and fans. Due to the limited capacity at Lincoln Financial Field, single-game tickets against the Ravens October 18th and the New York Giants October 22nd will go on sale to season ticket members who have opted into the 2020 season beginning on Wednesday, October 14th. Kathy, what do you think of their plans to zoom in the cheerleaders? (laughs) (laughs) Tickets will be sold in groups with the ability to purchase as many as six tickets in the same seating pod. Any remaining tickets for the Ravens and Giants game will go on sale to the general public and communicated at a later date. The team estimates that there will be approximately 5,000 fans in attendance. I wonder, so we you know, we saw that concert uh, picture of that uh, thing over in England that they did where everyone had their own platform and yeah, like you know, could the concept of the uh, a stadium pod catch? I know this is just technically you're with your pod of your family members and right, friends, right, right? Right. But you know, who knows? Could they modify stuff and you know make it? For me, getting in, in bunched in with a whole bunch of people 
and and that that arduous departure where you're leaving with a whole bunch of people well, the, it's it's the thing that makes it not fun yeah, for me yeah of course but they, they so they are if putting, i could have my pod airlifted in seriously <laughs> yeah, yeah. no i'm i'm with you steve <laughs> but they are taking some precautions as far as entering and exiting and stuff like okay, that too all right, so all right. a single game ticket uh, maybe like a pod that rolls down in like a like a roller coaster track <laughs> <laughs> well, listen that would be awesome if you could leave the stadium on a roller, a roller coaster, coaster to your right car, to your car. those jurassic world you know type of yeah, yeah, yeah. Hamster, hamster balls <laughs> Ball. And you just slide the yeah. slot back for your Great. fries and your drinks. I love it. Single game tickets for the remaining 2020 home games will go on sale in the coming weeks. The Eagles say face coverings are required for all guests ages two and up at all times. Fans will be required to maintain six feet of social distance from other fans and stadium staff at all times. Personalized seating pods have been established to uh, for proper social distancing and limit fan-to-fan contact. Social gatherings or tailgating in the sports complex is not going to be permitted for the 2020 season. Gates will open 90 minutes prior to kickoff and guests will be assigned a specific gate for entry that corresponds to that location of their uh, game ticket. So they'll have to enter at a certain spot. All transactions will be cashless at the concession uh, concession stands as well. Everything's for free. That's great. No, no, that's not what it means. No, credit card. (laughs) The city of Philadelphia announced an agreement with leaders of the homeless encampment on the Ben Franklin Parkway on Tuesday evening. The agreement means the residents of the encampment will leave by the end of the week, according to a news release from Mayor Jim Kenney's office. They really mean it this time. <laughs> you better watch out. <laughs> the camp on the parkway. Well, they've never agreed to leave. Yeah, yeah. No, so I know. They're, they're finally going agreeing. On forever, that's all. I double dare you. The camp on the parkway has been the source of controversy for several months with a resolution proving elusive until now. Camp leaders say they've been protesting to bring awareness to the city's homeless problem and the demanding safe housing. Uh, The city reached a deal with a similar encampment on Ridge Avenue last week and it was promptly dismantled. Under the agreement terms, city officials and PHA will transfer a total of 50 properties to a land trust established by the encampment residents. The transfer of the properties will be accomplished in four phases detailed in the agreement. Within five days of the resolution of the camp, the establishment of the land trust uh, and the establishment of the land trust, the city will enter into an agreement to provide site control and access on a temporary basis up to 10 properties to that land trust. How, how come the homeless community has better signage than we get at our I, Right? <laughs> it's housing now. It's professionally done. It's hung up high. Within six months of the resolution of the camp, the city will enter into an agreement to transfer up to an additional 40 city-owned properties identified by the land trust. Of those 40, 25 will be transferred to the city within 45 days by PHA using properties from closed rental assistance demonstration transactions. The remaining 15 properties will be city-owned properties identified by the land trust and which the city agrees are suitable for transfer to the land trust. Some of the residents of the encampment will be trained in building and construction to help rehab the properties in sports this morning In a rare Tuesday night game for the NFL, the Tennessee Titans rolled past the Buffalo Bills 42-16. to The Titans won the battle of undefeated teams that are now a 4-0 record for the first time since 2008. What the f*** 
is this? Tennessee missed six days of practice after its facility was shut down on September 29th due to a COVID-19 outbreak that left 24 players and staff members infected. The Titans returned to the building last Saturday and had three days of walkthrough practices to get ready for Buffalo. The baseball playoffs continued last night in the National League Championship Series. The Atlanta Braves held on to beat the L.A. Dodgers 8-7 to in Game 2 of that series and now lead the series two games to none. Game 3 is in Arlington, Texas tonight and the first pitch is set for 6 5 In the American League, the Tampa Bay Rays scored five runs. In the sixth inning on their way to a 5-2 win over the Houston Astros, the Rays are now up three games to none and can finish off the sweep in tonight's Game 4 in San Diego. The first pitch is scheduled for 8-40. And the Philadelphia Union, who have won two straight games and are still in second place in the Eastern Conference, are on the road tonight with a game in Washington against D.C. United. The match is set to begin at 8 o'clock. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thank you very much, Kathy. Uh, long weekend for us. We had a uh, holiday for Columbus Day on the, the Monday, and then we uh, took an extra day off just for a long weekend, and we are back, rested, ready to go, and some stuff in store for you. We have a new Word of the Week prize. It's only going to be three letters that you need yeah. to keep track of. Yeah, $400 Resorts Casino Hotel gift card, mm-hmm. which is pretty sweet. So make sure that you pay attention at the end of the program because we'll get the letter of the day and make that whole thing happen. It is, since it is a Wednesday, we have uh, Fox Good Day. We're going to go live on there. We have a secret text word today, a chance for you to win. A digital download of Zack Snyder's 300. <laughs> and actually, I think I have a, a birthday coming up in the entertainment uh, portion of uh, somebody who was in the movie 300. So we'll get to that in a little bit. So check, go ahead and text the word secret to 39333. You might win a little bit later on this morning. Guest-wise, this is awesome. We're going to talk to Kevin Smith, always great. Yeah, unbelievably good guest. No particular thing he's promoting is just on to talk about what's going on in the world of Kevin Smith and the world of all of us. Because, you know, inside we're all Kevin Smith. We're all Kevin Smith. Uh, So he will be on around 9. And then legendary actor Alan Alda will be on. We've had we've had him on before. He was great. He's excellent. It's great. I, I can't wait to talk to him. So he's got a podcast. He's got three of them, actually. Uh, that he promotes Clear and Vivid with Alan Alda, Science Clear and Vivid, and Soldiers of Science. So it's all about science, science stuff. Yeah. So you know what he's really great, it. and I was just watching it a couple of days ago. Uh, the Aviator. Oh he's yeah, excellent in that. Yeah. He's the senator, the corrupt senator. Yeah, he's really yeah. good in that. So uh, we'll talk to him about his acting careers where as well, which is uh, very cool. Casey is uh, frantically oh writing down ridiculous. All... Is he all writing a speech for you this right is now? So. Now, dumb. You you just saw these? Oh my god! Yeah. So uh, yeah. Rocktober, this is so dumb. Rocktober Madness. <laughs> Idiot. You are so dumb. You are so, you are dumb. so dumb. Um. Yeah. Some serious upsets are you going. Are so and, dumb. Thank you. <laughs> and, and I think the audience is just effing with us, to be honest. Uh-huh. But listen, I love it. Uh, it's great. Yeah. It's it's I really love it. it's really wild. So the latest matchups as we move on uh, in the bracket system. Uh, we had Lincoln Park beating uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. So okay. actually, a a lower seed, a nine seed, beat a sixteen seed. So not that big of a deal. Now, I really surprised in the Preston and Steve bracket that Van Halen was beat by Led Zeppelin with the death of Eddie Van Halen. I actually you figured that right? might spur Van Halen on to win this whole thing. Not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so, also, uh, the victory over, uh, let's see, it was Foo Fighters against David Bowie. Foo Fighters beat Bowie in that one. That was in the, I'm sorry? Do you see how close that was? No. Four votes. Four votes. Really? Yeah. In the Jackson and Sarah bracket. And then in the Jackie and Brent section, this is the big upset. Yeah. Tool, number one seed, 
taken out by legendary guitarist Stevie Ray Vaughan. But an odd matchup, and you would think Tool would have taken that easily, but no. No. I I actually, I like seeing some of this stuff. It's like you were saying, Steve, it's interesting. And I also see... Your plan. So a lot of people may have a plan about the band they want to go all the way. So you have to take out competing bands along the way to make sure they don't face them later on down the road. Well, my final four is ruined, Steve. <laughs> my, I'm sorry, my Fantastic Four, because I had Tool making it to the Fantastic Four. What, what blew my mind, Preston, was the Pearl Jam Yes pair up. Yes, and Yes won that one. So, oh, God, I forgot that one, Yeah, you one forgot too. to put that one in there. Sorry about that, Case. But anyhow, yeah, it was Pearl Jam against Yes. That was one of the big, big, big right. upsets. Yes, legendary, progressive rock band, of course. But Pearl Jam... One of the strongest fan bases in rock music, taken out by Yes fans. Yes, uh, 15 seed beat uh, Pearl Jam a number two seed. It's wild. Wow. Yeah, that's really crazy, especially since we, Yes was a, both you and I are, are fans of the uh, of the uh, prog rock, you know, of the uh, yeah. of Yes and those kind of bands. So I think we're having a matchup between Yes and Genesis coming up, are we not? We are. Uh, yes. And so the next one's today... You know what? I need to check on that. I need to see what the exact matchups are going to yeah. be today. So. I got you. I got you, Roast Beef. Thank you, Roast Beef. All I right. appreciate that. All right. So today, yes. Uh, what do we have? We have Aerosmith versus uh, Dave Matthews Band. Wow. We have uh, Prince versus Tom Petty. We have uh, STP versus ACDC. And then we have Shinedown versus Rush. Rush. All right. Um, okay. So it, my, as my kids always said, uh, Rush is versing Shine yes. down today. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. At a certain age, kids yeah. say they're versing. Who, who are we versing today? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so, all right, the matchups continue. And Interesting. We leave it up to you, friends. Yeah. So uh, make sure that you don't miss out. Starts at 1130 with Pierre, your chance to vote for MMR uh, Rocktober Madness. Let's take a break because I have loads of stories to pass along to you in the entertainment realm and a stupid question with some more stuff for you to win. So make sure you stay with us through the course of the morning. And we'll tell you more about what's going on. Some other things I missed out on. We'll be right back. Like what you hear? You can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush at PrestonandSteve.com. Nobody likes a delay of game. And while there's been some uncertainty about this football season, Acme is happy to announce it's game on. So no matter what your game day's like, They've got everything you need to cheer the Eagles on. From snacks and party trays to beverages and fan gear, make it a season to remember. Acme, official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, so we're going to give away for Super Question this morning a $50 gift card to Nabraza. And, Mm. yeah, the question I have for you uh, came from listener John. Uh, in Newcastle, Delaware, and this is a really interesting interesting one. He said the same make of microphone was used in FDR's We Have Nothing to Fear But Fear Itself speech, JFK's Ask Not What Your Country Can Do For You speech, oh. and MLK's I Have a Dream speech. Who was the manufacturer of that type of microphone? So what microphone company essentially? Interesting. Made... I didn't know there was the same microphone across all those historic events. Yeah, the same make of microphone. Oh, okay. I don't think it's the same model. Because it would have had a whole bunch of spit and gerb on it. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> gerb. <laughs> 
Gerb. Is Gerb like an actual Gerb, word? I think Gerb is a, it's a Morrison word. Okay. I yeah. love Gerb. It's right up there with Pud. 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you know the answer. Call now. Very interesting question. Uh, I'll go through some birthdays today while we're waiting for your answer. Today is Wednesday, October 14th. Do you guys say Ralph Lauren or Ralph Lauren? I say Lauren. Okay. I do both, like Caribbean and Caribbean. uh, Or Caribbean. I say Ralph Caribbean. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Ralph Lauren or Lauren is 81 years old today. Uh, Stacy Keebler, she was on. She was a wrestler, and then she did Dancing with the Stars. Very hot, very tall, statuesque. Uh, once dated George Clooney for a while. No yeah. kidding. Yes. And um, isn't she married to somebody? One of the Keebler elves. Oh, yeah. No, that she is. Because she is it was the guy um, from Shark Tank. Mm, no, I don't think so. She was in Playboy once. I, I, I was rem- she was she nude in Playboy? Yeah, wow. I remember having a thing for her. I got to see what she looks like. She's she's very well. beautiful, and she's actually got a very good personality. Her spouse is Jared Pobre, and his name is not highlighted on Wikipedia, so he's nobody. Yeah, because normally it would it would be it would be a link, right? If if he were anybody famous or anything, there's nothing on him. Line. So uh, he his went to parents him. are Gladys Lowenstein and. Oh. Joseph Pobre. Okay. So are they, are, do they link to? <clears throat> yeah, uh, Gladys has a link. Wouldn't yeah. that suck if your parents had a link and you didn't? Yeah. All right, well, anyhow, Stacey Keebler's 41. Thomas Dolby, the musician, she blinded me with science. Not only a musician, but also um, a tech guy. He's yeah. invented a lot of stuff used for music yeah. production. And I'm sure he still banks off of she blinded me with science because yeah. that's still used for, you know, uh, soundtracks and ad campaigns and things like that all the time. So. His, his wife is one of those actresses that you would recognize, Preston. You know who she is? His wife uh, in uh, Godfather 2 when they're putting on that stage play. Yeah. And the, the woman... Uh, the, the attractive one yes, comes out? Get out of that's here. That's Thomas Dolby's wife. Ah, All right, well, yeah, Kathleen Beller. Yes, yeah. Steve, I'm and looking at a photo of her and sure enough... That's the gal. All right, well, good on you, Thomas Dolby. So is, is he Dolby Surround Sound? Is he the... I don't know if he's in that family. I, I I wondered the same thing years ago, Nick, and I, I forgot what I found out about that, but I don't think he is. He did a whole bunch of, like, synthesizer stuff. Yes. Yeah, okay. So I always guessed it was a, a stage name. Okay. But I you yeah. know, I have nothing to back that up, so <laughs> you could look that up. And it's Murray Leftwich right. is his real name. <laughs> Thomas Morgan Robertson is okay. his real name, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Not Six, Murray Leftwich. No. 62 today. Lourdes Maria Chichion Leon. Uh, is Madonna's daughter. Oh, and I gotta tell you something, Preston. She's a lovely girl. Yeah, she really is. She's a lovely lady. Wow. Okay. Thank you, Reach. And welcome to the show. Not a problem. Love. I've, I've logged into the show, as it says on our call screen. Uh, she is 24 years old today. Uh, great musician, Justin Hayward. Singer Love him. And guitarist of the Moody Blues. That band is, I, I, so I just by happenstance over the weekend was listening to Days of Future Past. The full album. Wow. It's so good. Wow. They were really ahead of their time. Yes. So this was, I guess this hit around the time that Sgt. Pepper's did. Or if wow. not, at least in this, within months of each other. What a great time for music. Yeah. Uh, Justin Hayward is 74 years old today. Uh, Dan McCafferty is the singer of the band Nazareth. And uh, yeah, Love Hurts was great a big song. hit. And I always love um, Hair of the Dog is a great song. Uh, so Dan Baby Shark McCafferter, Baby Shark, seventy four today. Cool. It's, it was the lesser hit for yeah. them back then. It didn't really take off until just a couple of years ago. Uh, Cliff Richard, the singer who had songs like Devil Woman and We Don't Talk Anymore, yeah, uh, is eighty years old today. He was very popular in England. 
Uh, Steve Coogan is English. Uh, the actor. He's he, great. He is, um, he's been in tons of stuff. He's so great in Tropic Thunder. Oh, my God. Is he director that nobody listens to? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love, and it has one of the, he has one of the greatest, I can't believe they did that scenes in Tropic Thunder when he's, <laughs> when he's, he just detonates. Yep. He blows yeah, yeah. up. And, uh, uh, God, uh, Ben Stiller thinks it's all And he's problem. holding the head on the, uh, on the, on the barrel of the gun going, oh. Yeah. Remember he sticks his finger up in there and licks it. <laughs> Tastes real. Uh, night at the museum as well. A uh, bunch of movies. He's fifty-five today. It's Usher's birthday as well. The, uh, the singer is his name is Usher Raymond. So that's his. Uh, it, you know, it's not a made-up name. I think isn't he the one too who discovered Justin Bieber? Yes, he's forty-two. Uh, actress Mia Wisikowska, who played Alice in Alice in Wonderland, the most recent version of that. Uh, she's in The Kids Are All Right and Jane Eyre. She is 31 today. And the last birthday today, it's Moose's birthday. Oh! Connor. Why don't you forget the moose for a moment? Our programming assistant, Connor, who is vital to our day-to-day operations, especially once our internship program came to an end with COVID-19. Connor's our... He's our right-hand guy around here. Well, I was describing the chronology of what happened after the everything corona started to kick in. It was you, it was Casey, myself, and Connor in the studio for the longest. And yes. Con- Connor was like, yeah. you know, the, the, the old act that used to spin dishes on sticks. Yep. was doing everything. <laughs> exactly. So happy birthday, Connor. Oh, I missed one. Uh, Nick, you had up. It was uh, Joe Girardi's birthday today. Ah. The skipper of the Phils. 56. Celebrates his 56th birthday today. We had a chance to meet him briefly uh, and hang out right when he got, just before he even really started working. Yeah. Super nice guy. Yes. Nice, good sense of humor. Right. Seems like most of the, the managers, the, the baseball managers, have a good sense of humor. Which so. makes it pleasant before yeah. they get fired. Now they just got to win in September. <laughs> That's yeah, <exactly>. all. <laughs> That's all. All right. So let's see if we can get an answer to the stupid question this morning. Um, and it's brought to us by uh, listener John. I'll, I'll tell his last name in a minute because it makes sense. He said, uh, the same microphone was used for FDRs. We have uh, nothing but fear, nothing to fear but fear itself. Speech, JFK's asked not what your country can do for you. Speech and Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech. Who was the manufacturer of that microphone? 215-263-WMMR. Let's go to Jimmy and see if he knows. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, first time, long time. Yeah. Oh. Welcome, sir. Welcome. All right, what is the manufacturer of that microphone? Was it Shure Microphone? It was Shure oh. Microphone, yes. Do you know the first iteration of that FDR speech was, we have a lot to be afraid of, legitimately afraid. No. And then they changed it. They changed yeah, it. Yeah. Wow. Jimmy, congratulations. You got it right. Hang on a second. And we are going to set you up the $5 gift card to Nebraza. Go hungry, man. All right, open for curbside pickup. Or indoor-outdoor dining and serving a full 15 Brazilian meat service with a dedicated server to each table. Details at Nebraza.com, courtesy of Fast and Furious Spy Racers Rio, exclusively on Netflix. Now, by the way, John's name, who sent that in, is John Shore. And he said, don't say my last name or you'll give away the answer. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, but sure, microphones are the standard. Yeah. You know, uh, no. you, you, they're, they're outstanding microphones. Sure so. are. We're, that's <laughs> what we're talking on right now. Yeah, these are sure's yeah. as well. All right, um, let's get into some of the entertainment stories. Uh, we'll start with this. Dominic West. I had to look him up. He's an actor. Yes. You know who he is. He's been in tons of movies. Uh, I remember the first movie I saw him pop up in was that I recalled was 28 Days with... Uh, 
Uh, Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. He pays the plays the the boyfriend who's right. got a drug problem as he well. He was also a name that's been bandied about as a Bond potential. Correct. Yeah. Yes, he was in Three Hundred, The Wire, all the stuff. Well, he and his wife Catherine Fitzgerald are responding to rumors that he's having a fling with his co-star Lily James. I love Lily James. She's gorgeous. Oh, she's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. Uh, pics- she's in that Beatles movie. Uh, pictures of the pair kissing and cuddling in Rome made the rounds on Monday. Cuddling uh, with Lily James. Uh, but a note signed by both West and Fitzgerald said, Our marriage is strong and we are very much still together. I think in many ways, most marriages would be strengthened if you were to make out with other women. Right, Preston? Uh, uh, let's try that yeah. out. Uh, later, West and Fitzgerald kissed for paparazzi outside their home in London. <laughs> uh, but wedding ring observers did know that Fitzgerald's left hand wasn't visible, wasn't visible, and that uh, he wasn't sporting his rings. And uh, one of his nuts was missing. <laughs> <laughs> she took my ball. She took my left sesty, uh, and it hurt. The pair refused to answer questions about James's uh, Roman holiday with West. She cut it off in the paper shredder. She did. Uh, Lily, by the way, was recently linked to Chris Evans. Really? That would make for a nice couple. Yeah. She's ador- She's one of those um, actresses that can be sexy and also girl next door adorable, you know? Uh, just, George- just like me, I, th- I would say. George Miller has recruited Anya Taylor-Joy, Chris Hemsworth... And Yaha Abdul Mateen II to star in Furiosa. The film is a prequel based on Charlize Theron's character from 2015's Mad Max Fury Road. So she stole that movie. Uh, that movie was, you know, uh, Mad Max was actually almost a secondary character in that. Mm-hmm. It was her movie. So is Anya Taylor Joy going to play Fury? Oh, that's yeah, awesome. She's going to play her. Yes. So the 24-year-old Taylor Joy is taking on the iconic version. Miller told the New York Times in May that he was looking for an actress in her 20s after deciding against using de-aging tech that would allow the 44-year-old Theron to reprise her role. Yeah, yeah, is a, the this other guy. He's the he's like um He's been in everything now, and you don't like the name doesn't pop out right. to you, right? But he played um, the blue guy, Doctor Manhattan, in the last Watchmen. Oh movie. wow, okay. He's that guy. He was okay. also the Mantis in Aquaman. That's and- right. He's excellent. Oh yeah. And now he's going to play the Blue Mantis. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Twitter was split on uh, Anya Taylor Joy. Uh, many were thrilled that she uh, as the, that she's going to be the main character. Others were concerned that she couldn't pull it off. Well, uh, because Charlize Theron was so great. She's our dear friend. She was lovely here right. in the studio. We, we, she's we, a lovely girl, Preston. She and as far as playing Furiosa, she'll be absolutely wonderful. I was so smitten with her. Her eyes are so uh, large and... Translucent. Yeah, she's uh, she's gorgeous. So. Uh, and she's yes. super duper nice. She's statuesque. Yeah. She puts on a little bit of um, of muscle. But I was concerned when we were having her in because I thought she might be a bit standoffish. Right, but she no. was very, very... Uh, great. Yeah, very, very sweet. All right, uh, Gal Gadot sat down with Vanity Fair for an in-depth cover interview that touched on feminism, her upcoming turn in Wonder Woman 1984, and the unfortunate reception of her Imagine video. Uh, Seven months ago, after she released that infamous Imagine video on Instagram, uh, she said, quote, with a smile and shrug uh, via Vanity Fair, she said, sometimes, you know, you try to do a good deed, and it's just not the right good deed. I had nothing but good intentions. It came from the best place, and I just wanted to send uh, light and love to the world. I have no I, doubt that's exactly what she wanted to do. I I love her to death. Yeah. I couldn't make it 
through that video. I'm no. like I'm like this no. is this is not the right song. This is no. not the right time for this and it was a little embarrassing to watch. It, yes. Um especially since she called up friends of hers who obviously said uh, all right. I'll well, she had, apparently she said that uh, she spoke to Kristen uh, Wig. Yeah, and Kristen Wig kind of put the word out. Yeah, and uh, and got the whole ball rolling. But uh, you sent me this video of her recently, Steve, of her explaining uh, slang in in um, um, Hebrew. In Hebrew, yeah, Hebrew slang, and she is so cute and adorable. She's wonderful. You just fall in love with her immediately. So. Uh, yeah, I, and so, but but she owns stuff like this as well. She's you know, like, she's going to be playing Cleopatra, Preston. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. Uh, let's see. She also shared uh, that she never imagined acting growing up. She said, uh, "I came home from a from from a home where being an actress wasn't even an option. I always loved the arts, and I was a dancer, and I loved the movies. I thought she was a singer. No, but she being was an a dancer. no, she was a dancer. dancer. Oh my god." Uh, She said, being an actress was never a discussion. My parents were like, you need to graduate university and get a degree. She had planned on becoming a lawyer. Uh, Her husband is the one who told her to go for it, though. Jaron is his name. Go for Uh, it. She said, was the the one to say. You need to have a higher education. You can do it. Go for it. You can do it. You can do whatever. As they say in our home country, shalom. She said you can do whatever you... He said you can do whatever you want to do. We all said you can do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one who really gave me the strength to follow this dream, she said. Uh, they got married in 2008, by the way. Uh, now on uh, the whole Wonder Woman thing, 1984. I think it'll be 2084 before we ever see it. Yeah, she said uh, she and her family's perspective on the iconic role. Uh, I'm the mom who bugs them and asks them to do the things uh, and wake them up in the morning. Whenever I get a Wonder Woman Barbie, they get excited about uh, they get excited about that and they play with it a little bit, but they're not obsessed with the idea that I'm Wonder Woman. Uh, the 35 year old said the iconic role. One of the biggest things. That I believe is that you can only dream about becoming someone or something after you've seen it visually. And for boys, lucky them, they got to experience since the beginning of the movies that they were the protagonists. Uh, They were the strong ones. They saved the day. But we didn't get this representation. And I think it's so important. And, of course, it's ultra important for me because I'm a mother of two girls. Show them the potential of what they can be. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to be athletic or physically strong. That, too. uh, But they can be bigger than life. So... I'm excited for that movie. Don't know when it's officially going to come out yet. But we have the same director, uh, Patty yeah. Jenkins, I think her name is, and and the the whole collective looks good. And as they keep, it's funny because you have this project that's absolutely ready to go, but why release it to limited capacity theaters? Yep, they're yep. still saying on IMDb that it's uh, Christmas of this year, but uh, I doubt it. We'll see if that happens. I doubt it. Steve uh, Patty Jenkins is also going to direct that Cleopatra uh, movie that you oh, just yeah. alluded to. Yeah, okay. so they're going to work together again for that. Well, yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> and Regis approves. Uh, and Regis, you'll know this. The actress uh, that, is, uh, that is most known for playing Charlie Sheen's beloved housekeeper, Berta, on Two and a Half Men, and had passed away. Conchita Farrell uh, died. She was 77 years old. Uh, she passed on October 12th due to complications following a cardiac arrest. She had been ill for a while. This is so sad. Uh, she was surrounded by her family at Sherman Oaks Hospital. Uh, her death comes about five months after she suffered a heart attack. Her husband, Arnie Anderson, told TMZ that she was hospitalized in May after feeling ill. She spent more than four weeks in the intensive care unit and went into cardiac arrest at one point, which Anderson said lasted for about 10 minutes. 
She was then transferred to a long-term care facility and put on a respirator and dialysis, unable to speak or communicate. So That's she horrible. Had, she'd been bedridden That's and horrible. out of it all together. So. She has a, a long career that goes back to a lot of stage stuff. She was in a... Yeah. Uh, a musical that was popular years ago called The Hot L Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, and, um, I mean, I, I've been... She's also I, in Mr. Deeds. She's the, yeah. um, the, uh, the... She gets into a brawl with Winona Ryder. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I remember her from Aaron Brockovich. Yes. She was yeah, yeah. The, the... She worked in the same office and she was, you know, pain in the ass. Right. That She was good and at she that was kind great. of character. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he had said that uh, her husband said while he had spoke with his wife's nurse frequently, he wasn't able to visit her at the time due to the coronavirus guidelines. Uh, she had told TMZ in February that she had been hospitalized for a kidney infection in December in Charleston, West Virginia, where she had been living at her vacation home since Thanksgiving. Uh, the infection spread and began contaminating her blood. Uh, she spent a few weeks in the ICU before she was released and put into transitional care in January. She spent a month bedridden as she recovered at home, going through physical therapy several times a day. She told uh, TMZ that her husband was by her side throughout the ordeal and worked tirelessly to care for her, but it took a turn for the worse, and she ended up being in the hospital, and that's where she had the heart attack, and then eventually... So her family died. was around her when she... Passed. She was. Yeah, they so they were, yeah. So that's just sad news. Um, yeah, she was best known, obviously, for Berta on Two and a Half Men. Yeah, she was on that show from 2003 through the finale of 2015, nominated for two Primetime Emmy Awards for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series. She was hilarious. Yeah, and uh, she also received a nomination for playing Susan Bloom in L.A. Law in 1992. We have uh, two clips if you want okay, to hear yeah, her from absolutely. the series. Yeah. Yep, here we go. Because your brother is the embodiment of the can-do, roll-up-your-sleeve spirit that made this country great. He never gets discouraged, he goes after what he wants, and he doesn't know the meaning of the word quit. And if the day should come when any man, no matter how humble, can't go out there and soil the loins of some hot little dancer, well, I don't want to live in that America. All beautiful, spacious skies. Uh, here's one about unwelcome medical advice. Yes, this- right, same from, from Two and a Half Men as well. Okay, here we go. Did you check to see if he's constipated? Berta, there's a lot of emotions he hasn't processed. Maybe so, but there's also a lot of string cheese he hasn't processed. <laughs> My youngest once ate a whole can of Play-Doh. Stopped her up for two weeks. Berta, please. Finally pooped out an ashtray. Berta. <laughs> That's the day I quit smoking. <laughs> Uh, John Cryer posted a uh, a lengthy tribute to her on uh, on Twitter, and he just you know just said she was a beautiful woman, beautiful human being, and so, Charlie Sheen did as well. Yeah. Uh, let me see what else do I have for you. Oprah Winfrey is doing what she can to get out the vote. Her first grassroots outreach effort, launched with uh, Beto O'Rourke's "Powered by the People" org, was a success. She recalled that her first contact was with a man named Christian, was slightly surprised, so she was just calling, cold calling people. Cold calling people, people yes. Uh, she said... I, honestly, if someone called your home oh my God. saying they were Oprah Winfrey, no. you would not believe them for no. a second. I don't care how hard they tried to convince you. There'd yeah. be no way. Uh, he seemed a little starstruck, she said, and said, I just want to confirm this is Oprah. Uh, after she broke the ice, she chatted about the power of the vote, and she wrote, since I can't go knocking on people's doors, this. So she's actually... Doing it. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I'd pretty much. Hang I'd up. hang up. Yeah, most likely. Um, three months after her death, John Travolta shared a sweet birthday tribute to Kelly Preston. I had forgotten she died. Yeah. yeah. There's been so much going on in the world. I had forgotten about that. Everything like that seems as if it happened three years ago. For real. Yeah. Yeah. The 66 year old shared on Instagram, happy birthday, hon. 
I found this photo of my mom and dad's wedding. It was nice to see ours alongside theirs. All my love, John. Uh, Preston died June 12th at 57 following a two-year battle with breast cancer, of course. So it was sad to be reminded of that. So Olivia Newton-John obviously is dear friends with uh, uh, John Travolta as well. So she posted a whole bunch of stuff, and there was a donation. She has, she's fighting currently fighting breast cancer as right, well. Right, yeah. right, right. So they're, they're, uh, it's a horrible, horrible disease. Uh, James Benderbeek and his family have reached their new Texas home. The Dawson's Creek alum shared on social media in the last 10 months... We've had two late-term pregnancy losses, each of which put my wife, Kimberly, in the hospital. We spent Christmas break thinking that she had a tumor. The doctor was wrong, thank God, he said. A business colleague I hired hijacked the project and stabbed me in the back. I was prematurely booted off a reality dancing show. Uh, I was favored to win in front of the whole world, and my mom died as well. And a shutdown due to coronavirus. Uh, He also, he wrote that... um, uh, all of that led to some drastic changes in our lives and dreams and priorities and landed us here overflowing with profound gratitude today. So Does he have a ranch or something or is I, he I, is in a, did he move into it? I doubt he moved to a city. Yeah, that's a good question, Steve. I don't know exactly. It's not in the city. It's in the where? middle of nowhere. And he, okay. he wrote about this thing about uh, what freedom means to him. And he's 1,500 miles away from any place he's ever lived. It, it looks wow. really freeing. It looks really wide and open and uh, pretty gorgeous. A lot of people selected to to do that. I've, I've, you know, obviously, we, it's in the news. It's been a mass migration out of the cities in general right? Uh, just to get out and, and get some space. And, uh, wow, I don't, know if, I don't know if I could be 1,500 miles away from a Wawa. <laughs> I think he's just 1,500 miles away from where he Oh, okay. Used to live. All he's right. not. He's not fifteen hundred miles into wilderness. Right. But it does look, yeah, like he's out in a completely rural uh, area where they just they need some space. Does he have armadillos on his uh, ranch? I That's gotta believe it's crawling to, with right? armadillos. They're yes. adorable. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Sandra Bullock is set to star in and produce a new action romance film called The Lost City of D. Uh, the film from what's happening? Uh, <laughs> yeah. The, the, <laughs> Finally, Ooh. <laughs> I used to love the. Uh, the film follows a romance author who finds that one of the fictional cities that she wrote about is real. Ooh. Ooh. That's the subtitle of the movie. What's happening? <laughs> Should be. So uh, wait so, a minute. What's happening was only on for three seasons. I know the impact is immeasurable. You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> Blows my mind. Man. <laughs> Thanks, Reed. I'm so happy Reed is here today. Yeah, me too. Uh, I brought this up for you, Steve. Kristen Cavallari announced her split from Jay Cutler in yeah, April. I know. Uh, I know. Well, yeah, in April, after ten years together. Uh, soon after, she revealed that uh, very Cavallari, the show, would come to an end after three seasons. Uh, she recently was on the Kelly Clarkson show and said that while ending the show was hard, it was ultimately the right decision for her and her family. Deep down, I knew that. She <laughs> said, once I made the decision, I had such a sense of relief. Uh, it, I was getting a lot of anxiety about it. But my life has changed very much. I was going to expose my divorce on camera and have my kids see that one day. So I decided to walk away oh. from it. She posted a picture. Did you see her picture on Instagram of her? She's in the... Whoa. She's in the, yeah, the, is that, is yeah, that topless yeah, yeah, with, yeah, a, yeah. with a thong bikini bottom. Yeah. Wow, we. And that, she that, takes a lot of pictures like that. What, that she, that's a post breakup picture. Yes, it oh, is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it is. 
Brittany was in town this weekend. Was she? Yeah, she was From here. Very Cavallari? Yes. <laughs> I thought she had broken up with her boyfriend uh, because he... You uh, never saw pictures of him. Never saw, now he, you saw he went away on Instagram. Now he's back on Instagram. I know. I lo- And she's... She's still working with uh, Kristen Cavallari, has? Yeah, she's still... I mean, I she's guess. like her second-hand girl. I mean, they still have the, the stores and stuff and like that in Nashville. And they're popular. So, and I think they're opening a new one or opened a new one. Okay. I want to work there. You know, folding clothes. And right. Stuff. <laughs> right. Uh, let's see. Oh, MTV International is rebooting MTV Cribs. Okay. Uh, with guest uh, Caitlyn Jenner, uh, Nickelodeon personality and singer JoJo Siwa. Former Glee star Kevin. And here is my crossbow collection. <laughs> Glee star Kevin McHale and British singer Stefflon Don. Um, so I love that show. I like that show I, too. I really did. I and love I, seeing the the, the homes. I, it's it's like lifestyles of the rich and famous. Anything like that gets me. And so I would rather I'd rather have that than a Kardashians in their luxury all the, the time. time type of show. Show like different to, places. I like to take a peek into that world. But I don't want to live with that world for a long time. So I, I think this could be cool, maybe. So you remember Casey McDonald? Uh, yeah. Locally, she, he, she hosts a show like I, I saw coming attractions for it. I forget what I was watching. Yeah, I saw that But too. she hosts a show that's basically like the $35, $40 million Malibu homes that you always see in commercials and stuff like really? that. Yeah, and so she's the host of that show. On I don't know what it's, it's on. It's on like a Fox Business or something. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. The Gallup is on Fox 29 here? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Is she in still in Kansas City? No, I think she was in Boston for a stretch. She was working for uh, NESN. And she was then... dating uh, Aaron. No, she's uh, her boyfriend's uh, Eric Hosmer. Yeah, exactly. He's... Yeah, he's on the. Uh... I got confused. I'm sorry. Well, well, no, she was dating dead. a quarterback, but he not that didn't work. Joe Eric... Namath. Yeah, yeah. Joe she's... Namath. Yeah, exactly. Namath. He wanted to kiss her. Eric Hosmer's uh, Hosmer's on the Padres. All right, and then one last story before we move on to the clips. The sequel to Coming to America has reportedly been sold to Amazon Studios for $125 million. Which means no regular theatrical release, right? It's going to start streaming. Uh, let's see. Available for streaming the week before Christmas. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. I uh, just can't hide it. I j- <laughs> You're about I- to lose control and you think you like it. I- <laughs> That's right, Reed. I just hope it's good. I just hope it it lives up to the original because I, I I still love it. I still am encouraged by the fact that the people behind this are huge fans of the original. Yeah, and you know I. But over the weekend, remember the vampire in Brooklyn? Uh, yeah, that, it was terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. It was I know. So terrible. Eddie, Eddie Murphy is brilliant. Yes, but he doesn't have the complete Midas touch. That everything he does no, is great. No, I mean there's been some stinkers along the way, but. When he play those, he plays those multi-character roles. My God, he is so good. You yeah. can tell in that movie they were going one direction, and they knew it wasn't working. Really? So they threw in some of those coming to America characters that he does so well. Yeah, where he was playing these, and it's like, it just didn't. Is make, this supposed yeah. to be a horror? What is this? Well, so what works so well for coming to America was fish out of water, and I, they can't, I, they can't do that again. Right, so right, yeah. That story's been told. That story's yep. been told, and it's been thirty years. You should know what basketball is by now. That was and, a problem with Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, after being in the in the country for you know thirty one years, it's like right. uh, right. yeah, yeah. That's what you call a hooker. But yeah, I wonder if we're going to see more of Zamunda. Uh, I'd be cool. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, make it like Wakanda coming to Zamunda. Yeah, would be good. All right, so let's do the clips. A group of girls 
in their senior year of high school tried to turn their love lives around in time for the homecoming dance in America Pie Presents Girls Rules. (laughs) They're still doing American Pie movies? Wow. In this clip, writer and director Mike Elliott discusses when he first saw the original American Pie. I remember I was uh, shooting a picture in Canada at the time, and I just went to the theater alone, and I didn't, uh, I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. I was like, "Oh, American Pie, what's that?" And I was just, I was kind of blown away by it. I was like, it, like it was such a kind of honest portrayal about teenage sexuality. Play you. Uh, American Who Pie. knew I'd be directing the 17th installment of it? Uh, American Pie Presents uh, Girls Rules is streaming now on Netflix and is available on demand. Here's the next clip. Hubie Halloween. I watched it. I did too. Yeah, yeah. So did too. Casey. He loved it. Uh, is a new spooky comedy from the mind of Adam Sandler, and he continues his partnership with uh, Netflix. In this clip, Kevin James discusses getting used to uh, uh, getting used to filming at night. Here we go. It was great. It was hilarious to do it, and very hard to get used to, by the way, because a lot of the night shoots I did, I couldn't see anything. I had to drive the squad car, and I was like, "Are you kidding me? I can't do this, man!" So I almost killed like four people, but it was all right. It was worth it. <laughs> yeah. Hubie Halloween is streaming now on Netflix. So. Uh, there you go. Yeah, you didn't like it as much as I did, Press. Nope. I laughed out loud many, many times. I thought it was fun. I said to my wife, do you want to watch something that's going to be really stupid? We might get a couple laughs. Because that's the way you frame it. That's and pretty that's much exactly correct. what it was. That's kind of it for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Casey thought it was uh, so, listen, outstanding. It was like a special night, me and my son. We were the only ones home. We yeah. ordered a pizza. We sat down. We watched it. And we, like, we just, both of us, laughed out loud many times. And, and listen... It, it's just it, a dumb, silly and that's movie. Exactly what it, and it delivers. Yes. It yep. delivers exactly. It's <laughs> what you think it is. It's exactly that. Yep. And so I wasn't disappointed. Yep. All right. Uh, that's the entertainment report. We got a lot of stuff to get to, including Kevin Smith on the show today. Yeah. Alan Alda on yeah. the show today, which is very, very cool. And uh, we're going to go live on Fox Good Day, and we have some giveaways with uh, Pagano's Market and Bar. Uh, and that's in conjunction with the Bud Light Platinum Seltzer Thursday night home gate kickoff. You can go to WMMR.com. It's your chance to win some goodies. We'll do some giveaways with Paganos uh, throughout the course of the program. Stay with us. We'll be back in just a moment. Acme Markets proudly supports Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger beginning Monday, November 16th at Xfinity Live inside the Wells Fargo Center Complex. More this year than most. We really need your help to make Camp Out a success. You can make a difference right now. Visit your local Acme during October and November and make a donation at the register when you check out. Acme will ensure your generous gift goes right to fill abundance to purchase food that's a lifeline for area families in need. Go to WMMR.com for complete details and a list of especially needed food items. Camp Out for Hunger from Acme Markets and 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. So we have a meeting today for our Camp Out for Hunger, which we're getting ready for November 16th. It's going to be actually two weeks earlier than we normally have it. Um, and I have a request from Rodney Bird, en- yes. engineer god that he is. And Rodney puts all the physical stuff together to make sure that we have everything that we need. It's going to be different this year. We're not going to be having a big tent where everybody can come and congregate in. It's going to be a different story. We'll roll out exactly what that is uh, when we're ready to reveal the details, and they're all sewn up. But we do have a request. Rodney has asked, he said, can you go on air and see if someone would be willing to give us a modular office trailer? 
for the camp out. He said, since we're not building the big tent, we need somewhere to house our production technical area. So if you have access to that, uh, I guess email any Me. of us, uh, email Nick. Yeah, I'll forward it on to Rodney. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, we're going to need some help this year on a lot of different levels. And if Rodney asks for something, we want to help him. Yeah. So Nick at WMMR.com, if you have a modular office trailer that we could use for the Camp Out for Hunger... And of course, we will compensate you, and uh, we'll work something out. Free t-shirts right. and stuff. Listen, yeah, you know, t-shirts. Yeah. Check around the house. Maybe you have one you didn't realize you had. <laughs> yeah, in the basement. Yeah. Um, Look what we got down here, Ma. You know how that modular thing did the, the radio? They're saying they need one. So, <laughs> if you you or you know someone who can help out, make sure you contact Nick at WMMR.com because we want to make sure that this year's um, camp out is as good as it possibly can be given the restrictions. Got to say, just on that note, Preston, I'm getting excited about the potential of how. Yeah, obviously, we're gonna we're gonna adapt and roll with the changes as a great band once instructed us to yeah. do. Yes, and I, I'm excited <laughs> about the potential for it. And don't forget, you can donate now at Acme Markets, and you'll probably see a couple of guys hanging out front. Wow. <sighs> to remind you Don't of that. Don't you hate pictures of us? Our <laughs> cardboard cutout. Steve, I'm just rolling with the change. Roll with the change. You know what, though? People are taking pictures with us. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, so uh, make sure you help out if you can. We, we would appreciate it. If not, we understand. Got to hit the first lyric of you. We'll get up to it next year. Okay, all right. It's only three seconds away or so. As soon as you are All right. Come on! Everybody! Everybody! Roll with the changes. Come on, everybody! Thank you, Reach. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm sure you guys saw this. This uh, video was all over social media. Um, this guy named Kyle Burgess was on a run at Slate Canyon, and he saw, apparently this is the story, he saw four small animals that were scampering around on the trail ahead. He didn't realize what they were at first. Uh, he thought maybe they were bobcats, uh, but a little bit later on, uh, their mother came into view, and it dawned out to him that he was in big trouble. They were mountain lion cubs, <laughs> oh, and man. the mother was going to protect them at all costs. Kathy, did you see this video Oh, yeah, footage? I watched the whole thing. Oh, yep. my God, and it went on for six minutes. This guy is trying to get away from this mother cougar, and she is pissed off you know what it's it's simultaneously a couple things the terror now a cougar is certainly formidable oh my god Uh, but um the the how nature kicks in and the protective nature of the mother to do this and stay with the potential threat for six minutes yeah Yeah. escorting him away right when right so if you haven't seen the video he's walking backwards she is walking up this gravel trail that he's on and every you know, ten yards or so, she'll kind of uh, make a lunge towards him, like and, a big show, a show. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. so the 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 front paws come way yeah. out and scratch and and make all this big show and kick up dust and everything. Yeah. But you're you're looking at that animal going, you know, <laughs> this thing could kill me. This yeah. this could absolutely if it got it if because they are powerful and obviously they have the the. If they get their claws into you and grab on, yeah, that's mm-hmm. the issue. That you you are in a world of trouble because they're not they're, they're not bear big, but they, no. if they if they they're, they're, strong. they're strong, they get their claws and they get to your neck, yep. mm-hmm. which is so never yep. let a cougar nibble your neck. No, <laughs> no. If it starts off like nice. No, that's the big thing they do. That's mm-hmm. the, that's the decoy move. I, yeah. I mean, listen, uh, just like you guys, I watched this entire thing. I was sitting at my kitchen table. My wife was there listening to me watch it, and I just. I kept commenting on it. I'm like, why is this guy, 
what is he? Why didn't he? You know, and and, and I like I, 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 when I go hike or when I go for a walk in the woods, I should yeah. say, uh, I, I always make sure I have at least like a knife with me or Just something. Stab cougars. You do? Because I don't take a knife with me when I go for a walk. Uh, well, in the woods, if I'm going to be... It's not a bad idea. Yeah, well, well listen. Casey brings one so he can mug people. I mean, no. listen, it's well, not khaki. a bad idea, but I wouldn't think that this guy would automatically have a knife on him. I bring a knife with me for, like, what if there's a psycho person out there? You know, uh, what if there's... Why don't you a, just tell me that? Why don't you just... Uh, <laughs> I also, for animals, or in case I get snagged on something, and I think I started doing that ever since I watched... 127 hours? Yes. And I was like, okay. What if I need to cut an appendage? If I need to cut my hand off, yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. do that if I don't have a knife. So, yeah. Um, but this guy, I'm like, why? You know, but he eventually revealed, you know, as he's, you know, walking uh, away from this cougar, why he's not prepared in such a way. He was going for a run. He was coming from a wedding. Was, no, no, but he was going for a run. Yes. So when you do that, you don't necessarily. You're not um, packing. You're not packing, right? Usually. Yeah. By the way, if anybody does, have, if they've had a, an encounter with, I mean, an animal that you think could kill you. Yes. Uh, because I do, like a friend of mine was, uh, was hunting one time and he realized he was being stalked by a bear. Whoa. And so whether it was the size of one that could kill him or not, it didn't matter. Doesn't matter. I don't uh, care. But, but he saw he saw the, the movements of the bear and that the bear was following him for a reason. So I'm sure we have loads of hunters that, that spend their time out in the wilderness. 215-263-WMMR. So by the way, Casey, and, and I know you read ahead on this, but um, to answer your question as to, because my first inclination was, or, or my thought about this guy was that, you know, pick up these rocks that are lying on the ground and start throwing them. Um, he said every time he took his eyes off her or tried to stoop down for a rock to throw at her, the mountain lion, that's when she would lunge at him. Mm. Yeah. So what you're it's a sign of the, weakness. So yeah. what you're seeing in the yeah. video of, of when she starts lunging and, and, and sweeping out like that is when he was trying to either stop or to or to reach down. And with each pounce, her front paws and claws flared. Her powerful hind legs were kick, kicking up dust and gravel. And do we have, did we get audio of it? Yeah, we yeah, do have audio. But that's why I kept, I was like yelling. I'm like, because you see him walking on the trail. I'm like, why is he not pick, pick up a rock? Pick up a rock. Like, dude, they're right there. Just at least on the very There's off chance. There's a rock chance, right over there. It, yeah. On the very off chance that you get um, attacked, not to throw it, but to have something to, like, to hit, it hit it with. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Here's here's some uh, audio of him uh, while this is happening. Oh, f***. Oh, f***. Oh, f***. Oh, f***. You, f***. You, f- you, f- you, as you can imagine. By the way, that's the cougar talking. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Holy sh- face! Did he say s face? Yeah, yeah. I think okay. So. All right. Oh, oh sh! Oh sh! Oh sh! Oh f! Oh f! Oh. And at some point, he, he goes, you're good. You're a good little kitty cat. Yeah. He's nice trying and slow. Everything. Come on. He's, do, no he's got the I right... actually thought he did a good job. Like, well, I was thinking of myself no, in the situation, and I think he, he walked backwards for six minutes. I mean, yep. at yeah. that point, I would have had a heart attack and probably jumped off the cliff. Yeah, so, Casey, according to uh, – there was an expert in this um, – uh, in this particular article, it's really, really long. But he said that Burgess did almost everything right. He said he backed away. He didn't go toward the mountain lion or her kittens. He made uh-huh. a lot of noise. He stayed large. He stayed loud. And he backed away from the area for quite a while. He said, I think he did everything really, really well. 
Uh, the only uh, suggestion this expert had was don't run alone on a trail. Yes. Yeah. And maybe carry uh, bear spray. Some is sort probably of, yeah. the best thing to uh, to have with you. There's no way I would have any wherewithal to do anything mm. that you're supposed to do. Right? I, I, my, my adrenaline would be pumping so much, I don't think I'd run uh, walk backwards. Oh. Yeah, you'd probably turn around and run, right? Yeah, and Which is exactly for, what you don't want to do. It, to it, do it for six minutes seems yeah. mind-boggling. And also, it just seems a, a little odd to me that the cougar followed him for six entire minutes. I, right? You know, that's a long time well, for a wild animal without to calling a, a sitter, right? For the cubs and it's... It, it, yeah, it, she it, left four <laughs> cubs behind. I would have tripped and fell. I know, like, walking oh, yeah, backwards, yeah, yeah. I would have yes. been so nervous. So the, yeah. the, these things attack, usually they, they come up from behind and they'll, they'll go for your the neck. That's how they suppress their, uh, their victims. But this... Uh, he was doing well. Keeping the eye contact is essential. If you notice, like if you've ever looked at an animal, looked at your dog in the eyes or a cat, they'll start. Yeah, you know that. That's I can't maintain maintain eye contact with people. Right. <laughs> Wild animals stalking me. I'm just. I, I'd go. I don't know. I would not probably have done very. Do you well think in this you situation. would have? You would have run with your back to the animal. I think. Oh yes. I think I, I would have turned no, around and run no, away, yeah, and, yeah. and I would have like dove off the cliff to get away from this thing. You know, I just. <laughs> I, I run with a belt of hand grenades around me. That's true. By, by the way, real quick, Casey was. Um, he was finally able to pick up a rock. Yeah. And and he hit her with it, and that's what drove her away. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So so he okay. he said I nailed her, and she uh, uh, she took off running back down the trail. You know what? He was saved by rock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, generally speaking, if you're going to get attacked by a cougar, you're not going to see it coming. So that's, you know, I read all sorts of stuff after this thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he the, uh, he was doing the right things by making noises, but he, sh- uh, the, you know, what I read was he should have made, like, longer, louder noises, not, like, short, like, right. but it, more except like Except he couldn't breathe. Yeah, I know, It's the I know. same for, for, like, a bear, uh, Preston, your friend who is being stalked by a bear. You've got to, you've got to get big, as they say, with your arms uh-huh. out wide and long, sustained noises. I was telling, maybe it was you, Nick, last week when I was hiking in Canada with my wife and we were on a trail, you've, you've got to be, they have you banging pots and blowing whistles mm-hmm. and the whole thing. You've got to make a lot of noise. Yeah. He realized that it was the reason that the bear was following was he was um, uh, he was upwind from the bear. Ah. And so the bear was picking up his scent and probably had a cub in the area or something like that okay. and was <sighs> instinctively trying to protect or something. That I, It's been a while since I heard the story. From but him. that whole, like, getting big thing, like, all animals do that. That's like the thing, you know, like you sure. see, like, these uh, birds that, like, ruffle yep. out their feathers. Yeah. And, well, so turkeys yeah. do that. Yeah. They, they get really, really big and they start scraping their uh, uh, their feathers on the ground. Of course, it's a turkey. Everyone, yeah. everyone just starts laughing. Yeah. <laughs> Cats do it with their, with the, when their yeah. back goes up like mm-hmm. it's pretty wild and, and in fact if you notice in this footage the cougar starts to turn sideways and so it its profile is bigger uh-huh. to the guy he's uh it's he stalking yeah. uh casey yeah. up humans do it too yeah uh when you're about to get in a fight you, you puff yeah, up yeah. Your uh, chest. That, that's why some people do the stupid thing of putting their arms down yeah, yeah. and puffing up their chest like this which is the stupidest thing you could right. possibly do but it's an instinctual way of saying I am big, I'm, yes, I'm bigger than you. It's built into you, and it's just it's just a natural. Do you do helicopters? I do that. Woo, 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 woo. This guy's yeah. insane. Yes, yes. <laughs> only in hotel rooms. And <laughs> also another thing, um, as I was when I was training in martial arts, some of the telltale signs you want to look for is uh, eyes become wider and yeah. bigger, and it's your body's natural. Uh, you're trying to take in more sensory, yes, uh, so that you're aware. And that's programmed and into us over exactly. c- centuries. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I guess he took out his phone because he saw the Cubs, but um, <laughs> it's also interesting that he was able to film this entire time. I mean, would you guys have kept your phone out 
to get footage of this thing? I, I don't know. I, I would. You never know. I might try to make my peace and and let my loved ones know. Maybe uh, <laughs> that I love them. Yeah, uh, because that's. That's real, and it, uh, those thoughts might be going through your mind. Would you have time to do a last-second drum video? <laughs> <laughs> Tell the cougar to pause. <laughs> this is my tribute to Journey. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> this is John Cougar Mellencamp. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I should, you know. By the way, to give you, speaking of John Cougar Mellencamp, the long song, I Need a Lover That Won't Drive Me Crazy, I was thinking about how to put six minutes into perspective and the the one I came up with was uh, that's the entire the entirety of uh, Paradise City. Yeah, that's how long that guy was being chased by oh, this wow. uh, this yeah. cougar. That's a long song. Hey, did they indicate how big that cougar was by any chance? Cougars can get to be about no a, that one in particular. Uh, I don't know. They they usually there's there's usually way stations every couple of years. Yeah, yeah, I missed that. One. I didn't read anything about uh, how big it might have been. Case, but, but I think but, on average, Nick, you can check. I think a, a moderately large sized cougar is about 120 pounds. But if you've ever if you've even ever had a kitten latch onto you, yeah, I yeah, know. it's like oh, you think you're gonna die? Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. I know. The thing is, again, with these, they are such gorgeous animals uh, that you're you're as you're looking at the footage of it, even with what it's doing, and since it's so similar to the normal house cat, you're like oh. But think of yourself alone on a trail with that coming at you. I would not be yeah. able to handle it. My cat attacked my leg once because I made. Well, I did you make yourself big? No. Well, listen. It was it was last Christmas. I was putting Christmas decorations away, and uh, she jumped up on one of the boxes and knocked it over. So all of the glass yeah. balls went flying everywhere. So I screamed because I didn't know what had happened, right. and she got so freaked out by the noise that she like latched onto my leg and, and I would, I ran from her ran in a room and shut the door she's like the sweetest cat she sleeps yes. with me every night right. I don't but like I couldn't even handle my little kitten doing that you wouldn't be good no <laughs> don't don't go running with Kathy on remote trails we already know this yeah. by the way here's the details Nick pulled up about uh cougars adult males stand about 30 inches tall at the shoulder uh adult female cougars rarely exceed about 110 pounds okay so it could have been, you know, anywhere between like 80 and 100. Right. Still pounds. big, man. My dog's yeah. 80 yes. pounds, you know? And it's a big dog. It's a big dog. All right. So let me go to some calls. I'm going to go to Mary. Hi, Mary. You are on the air. Good morning. Good morning. What's up, Mary? <laughs> um, you're talking about cougar attacks. And uh, about, I think it's about seven or eight years ago, my cousin, she worked out, I think, in Wyoming uh, at a big cat sanctuary. And basically, uh, she was mauled to death by one oh. of her cougars. Oh, oh She was mauled to death by one of her cougars. My God. Yeah, she uh, she was actually in taking care of the pen, mm. but her partner wasn't with her. And she went in to get the equipment out, and it just turned on her, and oh my she God. passed away. So, so um, wow. Not to get too graphic, but did did the did the cougar attack in the, in the classic way? Did the two, cougar go for her throat? Um, I'm not actually sure of the details on okay. it. I just heard secondhand because she was out in Wyoming. But um, that's but that's yeah, it was. That's why you always hear. And again, those those are always seem to be the protocols that you never enter a cage with those animals by yourself. You know, yeah. So and that that was always. Their staple that they had to do that. Yeah. Her partner. Sorry to hear that. Had something else going on. And what the saddest part is, I mean, she's only, she was like a month older than me. So Uh. a couple cousins that were like all within a month of each other. And she just had a uh, six month old baby. 
Oh, oh, that's horrible. My God. And here's somebody who was who was working with these right. animals. Should have known. Well, not uh, just should have known, but I mean that you know. No, she she actually was like on National Ge- Geographic and all oh. these other shows saying that they are not house pets. Yeah, yeah. Oh, pets. yeah, yeah, yeah. No and question. And she she knew everything, and she's been with this cougar since it got there, so mm. she knew all its tail, all its tells, but. They turned. I think quick. sometimes what happens wow. is the people who are the experts or the people that do this on a on a routine basis get almost lulled in with their own familiarity with the behaviors and they think, okay, I can do this. I know what's going on. And and yeah, that's... most of the time they do. But then, uh, well, me knowing my cousin from growing up and stuff, she's always had that. Okay, it's, she even like specifically said it on any of the shows she yep. was on. Wild animal, you cannot trust. No, it's them. true. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. What I think it was is uh, they might have caught a scent of something. Maybe. Yeah. All right, Mary. Terrible story, out. but uh, thanks for sharing. It just mm. goes to to you know show how t- seriously you got to yeah. take that. Yeah. Uh, let me go to Robert. Robert, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey. Good morning. Hey. What's up, bud? Oh, nothing much. Just uh, calling in to tell a little. You're game. talking to All us right. on the show this morning, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, what's your story involving an animal? Uh, so when I first turned 18, I wanted to go on a uh, pretty serious camping trip and went to a state forest in Pennsylvania, you know, thousands of acres. Uh, it was, uh, basically when, uh, sundown was coming, uh, I was hearing a lot of crackling going on, uh, and, uh, eventually saw a big black bear on the ridge, uh, grabbed all my stuff, uh, and like Casey was saying, I had my shotgun. You know, I came to third. I knew where I was at. Uh, but uh, then I had to then I had to walk backwards for about two and a half miles in the dark because uh, just in case, you know. Yeah. Was so, it was it uh, actually was the bear stalking you, coming after you, or you just saw it and were like, "Yeah, I'm out of here." Uh, it was come to the campsite, and uh, and yeah, at that point at night. Yeah, that was my. You figured the safest point. thing to do would be to to flee in the night. Well, you know, he took my safe spot, you know? Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Robert. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, let me go to... All right, here's one. Listen to this. This is Casey's Nightmare. No. I'm going to go to Robbie. Hey, Robbie. Hey, what's going on? Yo, bud. Want to hear your story. This sounds interesting. Okay. So, um, I had, I had a, uh interesting shark encounter while surfing in uh, Maryland. Okay. Um, I'm out in the water about 100 yards out on the sandbar, you know, pretty far away from shore. Yeah. And uh, this this big fin pops up <sighs> like 30 yards away from me, and it is, it is just this big fin. And then, uh, then I, uh, I moved my feet up on the board, right? And yeah. when I moved, I caught the shark's attention. Oh, no. And it's... it's turns and swims right at me. The fin came like right up to me and goes underwater right right before my board and the thing swam right underneath of me. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so did you were you able to determine so between from the, the dorsal fin uh, to the tail fin, you can kinda get an idea of how big the 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 shark is. Did you any guesstimate as to how big the shark was? Um you know you know, it, it was like getting it was like getting a little dark and the water's murky, so I could only see the fin. But uh, 
I, it was definitely a pretty big fin and definitely not a dolphin. I've seen like tons of dolphins, you right. know. Yeah. So, so did have you have you <laughs> did that dissuade you from doing evening surfing or, or low light surfing? Uh, no. <laughs> of no. course not. <laughs> well, you get so pitted. I mean, so, pitted. so yeah. pitted. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I. Uh, you know, I I paddled in <laughs> after that, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that yeah, had to, yeah, yeah. that had to have freaked you out a bit, and you were were you, were you like just like dear God, just let me get to the <laughs> let me get to the shore, just let me be pitted. <laughs> well, you know, you got to calmly calmly paddle in and not like yeah yeah too much. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. all right, Robbie. God, I forget that right mm. case. I mean, that's uh, thanks, bro. That and there's there's footage that exists now because a lot of people will fly their drones out over the beach, uh-huh. yeah. and you'll see, yeah. unbeknownst to surfers, sharks cruising under their boards. Uh, it is uh, terrifying. Uh, let me go to uh, Rick. Hi, Rick. You're on the air. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How you guys doing? Good. What's up, bud? Uh, Pike County just. Up north in the Poconos, off of 402, family has a cabin. And uh, years ago, when I was, you know, in my early teens, me and my dad were up in the woods behind our cabin hunting small game and uh, had some animals in the jacket. And we were heading back towards the cabin and noticed a bear off in the distance, a pretty pretty large one, probably three, 400 pounds, and uh, started coming towards us. And he was about 100 or 200 yards out. But he was closing the distance quicker than we were getting back to the cabin. And by the time he got to about 30 yards from us, he uh, stood on his front paws and kind of jumped up and grunted at us. Oh, my God. And we looked at each me and my dad looked at each other like, oh, crap. And uh, my dad kicked at him. He turned around, only went about two, two, three feet, and then turned back and growled at us again. Shot the shotgun straight up in the air, and it didn't even phase him. Didn't phase him. It didn't scare him. Okay. Didn't even phase him. Wow. Luckily, we weren't too far from the cabin. We hauled hauled back there pretty quick. But well, there's there's a point at which you don't you cease to shoot up in the air and shoot at it. But um, yes, people are. Yeah, shotguns aren't going to do much of anything. I know. At least at least do something. Yeah, yeah, might scare them away. But the um uh yeah, that people are unaware of how fast. Your average bear can book. Uh, they they will just they they run very fast, and it's that it had to be alarming. Yeah, distance. but he wow. was definitely following you guys. That's that's oh, yeah. the scary part about it. I mean, seeing a bear is kind of freaky enough as well. But once you realize, oh, <laughs> ah, he me. likes us. There are those little telltale Thanks, signs. Right. They start intercepting your mail. Right, <laughs> right. They ask about you in town. They're legit stalking you. Right. Uh, okay, Here, here's an offbeat one. Uh, I'm going to go, I have two ones that you certainly wouldn't find around here. I'm going to go to Roger. Hey, Roger, good morning. Good morning, guys. Gadzooks. Gadzooks, buddy. All right, so you were followed by a wild animal, a dangerous yeah, wild so, animal? Yeah, so I was in Australia for, like, the vacation of a lifetime. And the day before I went on a seven-mile hike, uh, the tour guide had talked about a bird called a cassowary. Yeah, yeah they have so. very, like, uh, um, velociraptor claws. Yes, very three, very sharp talon feet, mm-hmm. and a big bone on top of its head that can crush through your uh, rib cage. Oh, great. Uh, so <laughs> That's Australia uh, for you. Oh Welcome. <laughs> so um, I, I, I was actually in a different part of Australia for a different part of the tour, but it got canceled. So um, I went on the site by myself. And so the guy said, do not 
you know, if it chases you or runs at you, look big, grab something big, yell, yeah. scream. So I'm thinking, oh, what's the chance of me coming upon one? So I'm about three and a half miles into the hike, and I saw it. So then all of a sudden my heart starts beating. So I, I kind of back up, you know, like I tiptoe back up in yeah. the middle of the forest by myself, and I wait like 20 minutes. And I peer around, I don't see it. So I start hiking again oh while I came upon it again. It waited. And it saw, and it turned towards me. And I started to, like, almost number two myself and number one myself and number three myself all the same. Right. So there was one and two and then sort of a stew. Yeah. So then all of a sudden we heard this big noise. Well, its head kind of stuck up. And I'm almost six feet, so it was almost as tall as me. It started charging towards me. I jumped up, hands above my head, screamed as loud as I could. It ran towards me and then ran into the bushes. And I was just like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, – and to make the story even better, since I was in Australia, I uh, pretty much walked quickly the next three and a half miles, got off out of the park, and started walking back. And I saw signs everywhere for crocodiles. <laughs> be on the lookout for crocodiles. It's a, it's a beautiful then, country with robust people, but they yeah. can all go after themselves. Exactly. And have you ever seen the movie Wolf Creek? Yes, I have. Well, some guy stopped by and asked me if I wanted a ride. Not movie once in my mind. No, I'm good. Yeah, I'll Wolf Creek is uh, wow. like a, 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 an Aussie Texas Chainsaw. Thanks, oh, Roger. Okay. That's a wild story. <laughs> Speaking of crocodiles, you see the other video of the, the guy in the water getting bit on the shoulder by an alligator. No. He's in alligator-infested water. And he's just sitting there, and this thing comes up. It just nips him. Yeah. But he gets out of the water in split-second timing. Oh, my God. Uh, we got to take a break. Real quick, Aaron, very quickly, tell your story. Uh, we were on a training op in Thailand, and we were walking back to the uh, uh, the radio tent, and we couldn't figure out why this short black cable was next to the other radio cables. Oh, my God. Oh my God. And so yeah. as we're walking up, it starts to move, and we start to realize it's a, a snake, and then it pops up and does its King Cobra stuff like I saw in Aladdin. Mm. Oh, so the, hood, the big hooded head. Yes. Um, so what do we do as Marines? We all just surround it, start shining lights on it, throw stuff at it. Pretty stupid. Start striking <laughs> the ground. Oh, my God. Um, we didn't really understand it was King Cobra at the time. And uh, we were just like, oh, sweet. You know, let's just mess with the snake. Yeah, me- Finally, mess with the King Cobra. What could happen? Yeah, no, we had, we had no idea. Finally, our higher-ups, which, you know, at, at that time is a more mature adult, yeah. <laughs> says, we have to kill this. And... Uh, so he hits it in the head with a sledgehammer or a um, cinder block. Sorry. Jeez. And uh, the next, which I'm assuming he got lucky because I would hate to miss that. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. So the next morning we go out because we want to know how big it was. So there's a picture of me holding this thing um, at chest level. It goes all the way down to my shoes and curls onto the ground a little bit. So do 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 king cobras are are there um, spitting king cobras or is that an entirely different species? I, I don't know if it was spitting or not. I right. know that when we got back to figure out what it was, we looked it up on the Internet. And yeah. We found that it could kill, like, a full-grown elephant in, like, two hours. We're sure. Like, we had no idea what we were asking for. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. King Cobras. That's uh. nuts. All right, thanks, Aaron. Oh, and then the best part. <laughs> then- By the way, Aaron didn't keep his story short, so now we have to keep going until we go live okay. on Fox Good Day. Just telling <laughs> no, you. So we still you're- should take a break. Oh, but- we should? Yeah, Okay, yeah. all right. Go ahead, Aaron. Then the, the Thai locals. <laughs> They felt it would be nice to put a shrine up to this king cobra, so they put it in the Y of a tree, and then a few days later, 
the army ants that are there just devoured this thing. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Don't, don't, go to, don't go to Thailand. All right. Yeah. Wow. All right. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate that's awesome. it. Uh, Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's terrifying. All right, interesting. But this video, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, you can just search, you know, cougar stalking or cougar attack, and you'll see this guy, Kyle, who was chased uh, for like six minutes straight of this this cougar. She was... Let me ask you something. Did you do a lot of running in this area? (laughs) Yes, it was that type of cougar. But if you go to pressesteve.com, you can see the video right there. Perfect. All right, right, we got to take a break. We'll come back in a moment, and we'll go live on Fox Good Day. Uh, You know what? I'm going to give a $25 gift card away to uh, Pagano's Market and Bar. Nice. uh, 20th and Market, essentially. 215-263-WMMR. The Bud Light Platinum Seltzer Thursday night home gate kickoff. I'll tell you more about that when we get back. So caller number, did I say a number? Call number 10. Yay! 215-263-WMMR. We'll be right back. WMMR.com. A great way to stay up to date on the latest rock news and station happenings. Listen live via your laptop, the free mobile app, or just tell your smart speaker to play MMR. From Preston and Steve's Daily Rush to Pierre's Weekend Calendar and the latest on Jackson's local shots. It's everything that rocks your computer. I need to find out when we're going uh, live on Fox Good Day. It sounds like now. Yeah. Yeah. There's one passenger. So somebody did a survey on this. They collected the things that are heard. Who are you listening to? Mm. Is that Nicki Minaj? What? The driver says, no, that's just a voicemail of my mom yelling at me. I don't know if they know where I'm at. So it's not only conversations that the driver hears, but the passengers hear the driver as well. So he's on on his phone. I'll play the passenger. You play the driver, okay? Should we do that? Okay, no, you already did that one. We can do the next one. Okay. Um, So passenger... Does anyone know of a place that does couples massages for you and your dog? I think uh, we're killing this segment here. Oh, okay. So we're not on the air? All right. Let's go to uh, Marissa. Hang on. What happened there, Marissa? Uh, Sorry about that, guys. Fox didn't tell us that our audio was not well, so they just continued on with their show and failed to inform us. So we're going to can it today. We'll revisit this next week. Oh. Okay, that's how it's going to be then. We're going to play it that way. Huh? Yeah, fine. Okay. Uh, let's take a look at uh, NGM Insurance Group traffic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's okay. listen to another Cobra story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's up? All right, we've got an accident on the Schuylkill Expressway. It's the eastbound. <laughs> Excuse me. Don't cry. It's okay. Oh we'll, we'll be on Fox next week. It's okay, yeah. baby. The eastbound side. <laughs> All right, keep doing that. I need to drink a lot. All right, see you, baby. Yeah. Everything getting a little wound up today? Yeah. It happens. It's okay. All right, it's on the eastbound side from the, bl- to all the, girls. <laughs> the blue route to Conchahawk, and uh, the accident is off to the shoulder, so you're pretty much stopped right there. We'll keep you updated on that one. What have you been swallowing? And then, oh, God. And then on the westbound <laughs> side, University to 30th Street is your delay. The boulevard out to the blue route. South on 95 jams. Cotman through to Bridge, Aramingo through to Girard on the Vine westbound at Heavy Broad Street to the Schuylkill. Uh, an accident on the Blue Route northbound at the Mid-County Tolls. The right lane is blocked. It's right at the high speed lanes. <clears throat> You're jammed back to Germantown Pike. And then in New Jersey, expect delays on 55 northbound, <clears throat> just north of Deptford to the 42 freeway. This traffic report brought to you by Ford. It's your month, America, because this is Ford Truck Month, the best time to get great deals on F-150, Super Duty, and Ford Ranger. Trucks as tough as the people who drive them, so get moving America. And get to Ford Truck Month today. And that's your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. All right, thanks, Kev. Uh, real quick, I got to play catch up on a couple of shard outs if you All guys right. don't mind, because I had set these aside and then we had extra days off and I didn't get to do it. So uh, it says, hey guys, can you give an extra uh, a shout out to my husband Jeremy for our fifth wedding anniversary, which is Friday, October 9th? So I missed it on Friday. 
Uh, he's such a huge fan of the show, and you guys are such a big part of the relationship. Jeremy is uh, a hard-working, caring person. He's made my life so much better. He deserves a wet shirt out for all he's done for me and our five years of marriage. Here's to many more years of laughter and adventure. That is from uh, Melissa Slappy. Slappy! <laughs> Did I already did I do that I one? I think he did Friday? that one actually, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I remember Nate. the name Slappy. Yeah, Jeremy emailed us and so we got both sides of that equation. So Jeremy emailed and oh. now his wife emailed, but they're both listening and they I think they were on a road trip to Maine or something like well, that. Well, we've so. satisfied the Slappies. Yes. Happy Annie Slappies. Happy All right. All right. What what? Is this Slappy Pappy? The catchphrase comedy tour. Here's another one. It says, "Warning, good to send a shout out to my friend on his birthday. My friend Chris Conover, aka Riggs, he is a loyal listener and one of the best friends you, anyone could ever ask for. He's uh, constantly referencing the show." Huh. And it's awesomeness. His birthday is on October 10th. If you could do a big, juicy shout-out, that'd be b- even better. Uh, thank you in advance, Adam Shapiro in Hamilton, New Jersey. So there you go. Happy birthday. Oh, slap it, happy. Wait, wait. Here is, uh, it says, uh, hey, good morning. Good morning, it, Mr. Presbo. <laughs> I walked into an office at Abington Memorial Hospital, and the girls were playing WMMR. Veronica said that they listen every single day. So could you please give a shout-out to the amazing staff at 2 Levy? Whenever you get around to it, it's fine. I'm bothering you at work, and I'm not sorry. Regards, Brendan Stewart. So here's a shout-out. That's awesome. Gang at Abington Memorial Hospital, thank you so much. And then, hang on, i got to make sure. Yeah, so this was this past Saturday, and... um, we all know and love this guy. I got this email from uh, Wendy Sheridan. She said, hey, President C, my brother Chris McAden is turning 40 on Saturday. This is smiling Chris. He yeah. is awesome. Chris come, has been a huge fan of the President Steve show for ages. He comes out to all of our events. It's just great when you see his face because you're like, there's smiling Chris. Nicest guy you'll ever meet. He's uh, 40 years old. Since we can't really throw a big party in this dumpster fire of a year that is 2020, I'm putting together a video of birthday wishes. Uh, he's a huge fan. So um, anyhow, he goes, your blood drives and all this other stuff. Uh, so, oh, yeah, they're asking me to do it. It wasn't for a shard out. It was asking us to to do a video for him. I'm sorry. Oh. I was, well, well, he's getting the I was supposed to read this on yeah. the air. Well, All right. Yeah. Ta-da. So, anyway, uh, <laughs> if you're able to record this and wish him a happy 40th, uh, I definitely well, we win just cool did. big sister points. Um, well, the cameras are rolling, right? Yeah, studio? everybody look at the camera and on the count of three, hey, say happy birthday. One, hey, two, three. Happy birthday, we love you, man. 40 years. Amazing, dude. We did this live on the air, too, yeah. for you. How about that? We never do that. Uh, so, anyhow, he's the best. And, yeah. and we got to hook him up. We got we, we need to find him a mate. He has, yes. He's been to our mixers, has yet to find love. Well, I don't know. It's been a while since we talked to him. Maybe he has some, found somebody. Maybe I don't he's know. banging him three deep. Uh, <laughs> you know, we can only help. Uh, so, anyhow, uh, an early happy birthday yeah. to Chris. All right, now we need to do the Bizarre File. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents bizarre. Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, bizarre File. All right, brought to you by McGuff Bus Company. McGuff Bus Company is now hiring for experienced drivers. McGuff mm. offers flexible schedules, industry top dollar pay, and more. You can visit McGuffBus.com for more information. Uh, this is a an involved story, uh, but definitely bizarre, it, it deserves to be right here where it is in the B, B file. Uh, reacting to the latest scandal in a local Catholic church and outraged New Orleans Archbishop Gregory Amond 
said Friday that he had actually burned the altar where a Pearl River priest was accused of taping himself engaging in group sex with two dominatrixes while an attorney for the women blasted authorities' decision to arrest the trio. I'm going to give you the whole story here, okay? Uh, Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty wild. In a video message posted on the Archdiocese website, Eamon called the Reverend Travis Clark demonic and deplorable for hosting the two women for a romp in St. Peter's and Paul Catholic Church on the night of September 30th. Police arrested Clark, along with Mindy Dixon and Melissa Chang, an an obscenity charge after an unidentified passerby saw the alleged threesome, used a cell phone to record video of the encounter, and then called the authorities. Now, uh, attorney Bradley Phillips, who represents the two dominatrixes, Dixon and Chen, said the arrest was appalling. He argued that his client's conduct was both private and legal because it did not take place in public. He said the only pertinent question, he said, is if it took place in view of the public, clearly that is not the case. Now, neither Clark nor an attorney for him have spoken publicly about the alleged tryst, which involved the two women dressed in high heels and corsets, performing sexual acts on a half-naked Clark as they recorded it all with a phone and tripod-mounted camera. It's a lot to juggle. Confiscating plastic sex toys, stage lights, and the two recording devices from within the church. As evidence, officers booked all three with obscenity. Among the charges, definitions in Louisiana law are having sex in, quote, any place open to the public view. Police filed uh, that the altar could be seen through the church's windows and glass doors. Uh-huh. So the arrests have created another scandal for the Archdiocese of New Orleans after a slew of recent disclosures about alleged child sexual abuse by clergy and the Archdiocese's own filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy proceedings. So this dogpiles on top of that. Until a decision comes from the DA's office on whether to file charges, investigators will be trying to fill the holes concerning what they know about how Chang and Dixon... Connected with Clark, whose 2013 ordination followed a vow of celibacy, of course. According to posts on their social media profiles and websites, Chang and Dixon create adult films that they post on web platforms that users pay to access. Dixon's professional social media profiles describe her as a satanic dominatrix. The day before her arrest, she published a message announcing that she was headed to New Orleans with Chang to defile a house of God. Meanwhile, an account associated with Chang expressed excitement about a secret project as well as a trip to New Orleans to film with a new friend. And uh, the night ended, apparently, that particular night, uh, with an unidentified resident walking by the church. The person observed and had video of Chang and Dixon using plastic sex toys while engaging in intercourse with Clark, who was still partially wearing his priestly attire. Oh, boy. After police showed up and entered the church, the women said that they were recording role play with Clark's permission. What are you folks doing? The three have since bonded out of jail. And the uh, the head of the archdiocese, uh, the archbishop, has burned the <laughs> altar that was from the church. <laughs> I mean... It was... Wow. Demonic sex acts on the altar. You wow. can kind of see why he went that no, way. Oh, he burned it. Yep. It, we're going to... I have it. We're just going to burn it. We're going to do a follow-up on this story eventually. I'm certain of it. Well, a woman charged with sexually assaulting her fiancé with a screwdriver has been been approved for supervised release. Police said Precious Bailey sexually assaulted her fiancé in 2018 after claiming that tarot cards told her that he had sexually assaulted her child. The tarot cards told her? That's exactly it. She admitted to beating her fiancé until he blacked out before sexually assaulting him with a screwdriver. Uh, uh, wow. Okay, so what point of entry? 
I can guess, but yeah, I don't have right. I don't right. have details on it. No, neither is very good, so a, it doesn't matter. Yeah, a judge approved a conditional release on Thursday, so she's out for now. <laughs> Maybe we'll have a follow-up on that one, yeah. too. A Southwest Airlines passenger said she was prevented from boarding her flight because her breasts were deemed lewd, obscene, and offensive, forcing the captain to actually lend her his T-shirt. Chicago resident... What Kayla- did he wear? Kayla Eubanks uh, took to Twitter to document her dispute with ground staffers who said that her low-cut black halter top was too revealing. Eubanks tweeted along with a bathroom selfie showing her ensemble, which included a long red skirt. Uh, She wrote, I really want to know why Southwest Air is policing my clothes like this. Show us your boobs! She said, how will my uh, shirt impact my flight for myself, the other passengers, or even the pilot? Y'all have a dress code for customers who pay to get on a plane it's the constant policing of women's bodies for me, she said. It's almost like a bikini top, what she's wearing. It's, it's sort of like evening club wear, but it's yeah. not outlandish. In another post, she shared video that she took of an employee searching for Southwest's dress code policy just minutes before departure time, saying the staffer, quote, practically did cartwheels to ensure that I wouldn't get on this plane, y'all. I was held at the gate for 30 minutes because of my shirt. If there, if If it's there... Why can't y'all find it? She asked the employee about the policy. If it's there, why don't y'all know it? Y'all. She then recorded the captain. I thought this was this was interesting. The captain the captain came out of the the bathroom at the gate, walked over to her after being summoned by the employee, and he says to her, "They're hating on you because you're looking good." Is that right? (laughs) So he's trying to smooth it over. Yeah. And he said, "If they're like, hey, the rule says you have to cover up." Uh, do you have something, he asks, clearly uneasy about the conversation. Do you have a shirt or do you want me to give you one of mine? Uh, Eubanks replies that she wants to see the policy first and as the, as the captain walks off to try to resolve the matter, she says, I have to leave my boobs at home? Obviously not, as she chuckles. Uh, the captain of the flight, she wrote, uh, loan me his shirt so that I could board, having been removed from the flight and the flight being delayed. I eventually took it off, only to be told that I would have to speak with the supervisor upon landing, she wrote in the tweet. Uh, and, and then the supervisor said she had some tiggle bitties. Uh, <laughs> she was wearing a Boys of Summer Baseball t-shirt. A Southwest spokesperson said they had reached out to her directly to apologize for her experience and provided a refund for her fare as a gesture of goodwill. But the rep added an email regarding our policies. Each situation is very different, and our employees are responsible for following our contract of carriage available on our website. According to the material posted online, the company, quote, may in its sole discretion refuse to transport or may remove from an aircraft at any point a passenger engages in lewd, obscene, or patently offensive behavior, including wearing clothes that are lewd, obscene, or patently offensive. So, it's their discretion. Yeah, okay. It's, it's, it's in supposed the language, to there. So it, I could listen. It's on the edge, but it's yes. yeah. again. It would be like something you would routinely see in a nightclub. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyhow. I don't. I, I'm not a pilot, though. So they are giving her a um, a free fare. Yeah. Uh, for that. Um, and that is what I have in the bizarre fire mm-hmm. for you. All right, couple things real quick here. I wanted to to reiterate this. Uh, Rodney Bird, our engineer. Uh, who is absolutely key in making sure that we have everything we need for Camp Out for Hunger, has sent us a request to pose to you. He wanted to ask on air if someone might be willing to give us what's called a modular office trailer, so a small trailer that we could use as an office for the Camp Out for Hunger, and it's to house our uh, production and technical area. 
because we're not going to be using the big tent this year. We're, you know, obviously you can't do indoor gatherings right now, so we're not going to do the camp out this way this year. It's going to be different. It's going to be on a stage, essentially, outside. It's kind of old school. It is, in a way, and I think that's kind of the charm Which of might it. be kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, or really cold. Or the worst decision we've ever made. But we're, we're, It doesn't I'm, matter. We're still we're doing it. Yep. We're, it's within... Obviously, city limits, and so we're beholding to the rules of what they have us doing. We wanted to go through, so we're going to follow it. But to protect our equipment and so on, we need what's called a modular office trail. If you have one, you know what it is. And we need you to get in touch, and you can email nick at wmmr.com. Nick will handle that, pass it over to Rodney, and uh, we'll see what we can work out in the uh, in that request. So thank you for those who uh, can help out. Um, Pagano's Market and Bar is yeah. here today, and it's part of the Bud Light Platinum Seltzer Thursday night home gate kickoff, and you can go to WMMR.com slash Bud Light, and you can enter to win a football home gate prize pack delivered safely by a member of the President and Steve Show. And as part of this year's uh, Thursday night home gate kickoff with Bud Light Platinum Seltzer, you can win great prizes uh, for your football home gate, including a case of Bud Light Platinum, $100 Primo's gift card, uh, custom MMR and Bud Light Platinum Seltzer pint glasses and $25 gift card from a local restaurant like Pagano's Market and Bar, which, by the way, they are at 20th and Market in Center City. And I have a $25 gift certificate for caller number 18 right now, 215-263-WMMR. They brought by a bunch of stuff, bacon and egg cheese hoagies this morning for us to sample, mm. uh, barbecued pulled pork sandwiches with a cheddar on brioche roll, <laughs> uh, chicken cutlet sandwiches, broccoli rob, roasted pepper sharp, provolone, all kinds of great Oh, stuff. I'm very happy with that. Yeah, so... Let's have you call right now, and uh, we'll set you up with that. If you're call, I think I said caller eighteen. So I said, yeah. All right, we always forget the number. It's so. <laughs> By the time I read through this other stuff, I'm like, what number did I choose again? Because I just randomly pick it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's get you on board. Two one five two six three WMMR. And when you're in the while you're in the dialing mood, you can also text the word secret to three nine three 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 because we have a secret text word today. It's a chance to win a digital download of Zack Snyder's three hundred. All right, and we're going to take a break. Come back in a moment. Don't forget Kevin Smith coming up at 9. Alan Alda on the show as well today and more. We'll be here. Oh, and when we get back, Steve's Halloween movie. Oh, yes. yes, thank you. And it's not the one. It's it's really cool entries. It's not, you know, the exercise. It's not the given. The standard stuff. It's, it's not, not the not Givens that. kids. It's not the Givens kids. No, <laughs> but we'll be back in a moment with that. Stay with us. Listen to all the WMMR podcasts as well as a live stream on your Alexa-enabled device. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. Steven Singer's Real Expert Jewelers are available for virtual and in-store appointments. Real diamonds, real experts, real people. It's easy to go to IHateStevenSinger.com. Steven Singer Jewelers is not in the jewelry business. He's in the love business. Whether celebrating life or celebrating love, Steven Singer is there for you. IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. So here we are on October 14th, and we're it's full Halloween mode as far as yeah. decorations and all that stuff goes and people getting into the spirit of things. Yeah. Um, and oh, hell, the Adam Sandler Halloween movie premiered. That's how you know it's time. Yeah, so with that, with films being you know a go-to to get yourself in that mood... Uh, I think it's time we explore what you recommend, Steve Morrison, as viewing uh, schedules for the family. Not schedules, but uh, viewing lists for the family when it comes to scary movies. So every year I get asked to put together a list, Preston, and uh, you know what happens? 
a lot of the movies end up from year to year. I mean, let's, Exorcist is going to be in there. Yeah, and, you know, the, the, Yeah, the Evil Dead, the, the standard stuff. Yeah. And so I said, instead of replicating now the millions of lists that are available, you know, hell, uh, I'm surprised Kathy doesn't have a horror movie list. You know, they, everyone... Everyone has something up or, you know, online. You can find a billion of them. So I said, let me go a little more, bit more eclectic and also put a list together of the movies when I find myself recommending when someone says, what's a good horror movie to check out? Mm-hmm. The ones that I kind of go to, they don't represent necessarily the best or they, you know, or, or the classics. Yeah. But they're ones that I have a lot of fun with that you might not have paid attention to or you've seen the title and not have viewed so i'm gonna i put it together Good. 10 movies plus a bonus movie. i like that better than than the you know like you said exorcist is right it, it's it's gonna be the same thing yeah. all the yeah. time mm-hmm. so i said let me let me grab for those morsels out there that are on the periphery that you might not have checked out do you fall victim at all to jump scares if jump scares are done well that's fine yeah. when that's all you do no and each one of these movies has there's a different complexion to horror. There there are different types of horror movies. I like the slow build in some cases, and then in other cases, I like the -the over-the-top pandemonium. Now, like, uh, and I'll go through the list, but you can take a tried-and-true formula and and play it to death, and then here comes along a movie that reinvents it, sets it up, turns it slightly, adds a little bit of panache to it, and makes it a great movie. And I have a couple of those in here. Cool. Is right. it a list of 10 or is, or is it a top 10? It is a list of 10. Okay. And no particular right. order. So we got about 20 minutes or so to right. play with. So let's hear it. So the, the first movie up is called Train to, Bu- Train to Busan. And I'll read right what I uh, have here. Since okay. It's easy to get zombied out these days. That's why Train to Busan is so amazing. It's not just the train, but getting to the train, plus all sorts of cool things like a zombie deer that makes it one you must see. These are running... Hordes of zombies, and what this movie does right is it makes you care about the people who are trying to get away from them. Okay. So that's what it does. It is it is pandemonium. It is carnage. It's World War Z level, but it's done in a really smart way. <laughs> oh, wow. So, We're watching the trailer. Yeah. As, as you yeah. speak about these, we're probably going to see these trailers. That's, yeah. <laughs> that is a horde of zombies, dude. Yes. All right, so subtitles, right? Subtitles, but let me tell you something. You can you, just... Get by, deal with the subtitles, it's worth it. Train to Busan. Okay. Uh, Sinister, number two. This is a movie that came out a little while ago. Ethan Hawke is a once best-selling true crime author who's battling a decade-long dry spell as well as a battle with the bottle. In an effort to re-energize his career, he moves his family into a home where the previous family was murdered under very bizarre circumstances with hopes of solving the crime. This movie uses Super 8 films, which are like snuff films, in a way... That when I first watched it, I was like, God damn, that's chilling. Okay. Uh, and um, and Ethan Hawke is just really good. He's a good actor. Yeah. And you want to talk about jump scares? Case, this movie uses them, but uses them in a great way. Okay. And none of the homes are gothic-style homes. The home, It's like a ranch that they move into. Okay. So oh, ra- man. You know how you say so you... So not a stereotype, right. uh, scary situation. Okay. You, you hate homes that... like in, A home that looks like your home... Is what makes this terrifying. Okay. All right. So, is this um, part of any sort of franchise? It is. They did a second one, which was not as good. The original Sinister is really good, and the third film, a nod to Bill Weston, but I have to say it, Annabelle comes home. Annabelle. Yeah. Uh, The doll Annabelle first appeared in the backstory in the horror masterpiece The Conjuring, followed by two less than stellar standalone films. Surprisingly. This fourth movie, Annabelle comes home, does a lot right and very little wrong, making it a solid horror effort. 
So what they do is the doll, they take the, the family, the Warrens, they have their home, they go away for a little bit, and their daughter is watching the house. And, you know, they have this room of all these cursed antiquities and things. And Annabelle's one of the dolls in there, and they, they take the house. And what they do, I don't want to give too much away. I won't give a lot away. Let's just say that what they do is very inventive, and it's not just Annabelle. It's all of these haunted artifacts oh, in, God. This, in uh, this room. Now, uh, I saw Patrick Wilson. Is he in the other movies? Yes, okay. he's, he's, uh, right. he's uh, the, the, the husband in, okay. in the, the Warrens. So, so it's Vera Farmiga, him... Oh, I like both those guys. Yeah. They appear in the beginning as the Warrens, and they appear at the end. And for the for rest of it, it's a it's teenage girls and a little girl. But they introduce a whole bunch of very scary um, new Annabelle type characters. All right, do I have to? Um, do I? You know the other movies. Seen the other movies? Okay, not necessary. They ex- right. they explain what what goes on, but it's really well done. And and, and cri- the critics re- agreed. They gave it. Uh, they were surprised at how good it was. Annabelle. Annabelle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> number She's four. Scary. Annabelle is very scary. <laughs> uh, number four is one a movie I refer to a lot, and people always ask me what's the title of that movie you've mentioned. It follows. It oh, yeah. follows as such a simple plot that describing it can only fail to convey how brilliant it is. So here goes. An evil entity that can look like anyone from someone you know to a complete stranger is always walking towards you with one goal, to kill you. There's a way to save yourself, but doing so might make you more of a monster than the one you're avoiding. And that is what makes this movie so good. You say, what would I do? What would I do if this was happening to me? From the get-go. And, and the, the, the thing is, is that this creature, this entity, this being, you, it's just unrelenting. And it's just, but it's not hopping on, you know, it's not taking an Uber. It's walking at you wherever you are. And so it can look like someone on a beach or you're in a crowd and you see someone who seems to be walking with a little bit more purpose towards you. That's what makes it follow so good. By the way, this list, Steve, do we have uh... It's up on PrestonSteve.com okay, with so you links will to all the trailers. To... Oh, excellent. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. I love that. Annabelle would approve. All right, so It Follows is the, the last right. one. Right, that's the, list. the fourth. Okay. Number five is a movie called Terrified. And uh, work with its subtitles on this one. It's an incredibly inventive Argentinian haunted house, haunted neighborhood movie. In Buenos Aires, a woman tells her husband she has been hearing voices from the kitchen sink that seem to be threatening to kill her. So, of course, her husband is ready to size her up for a straitjacket until that night when a, th- a thumping sound awakens him. And then you are off and running. I don't want to give away anything here because okay. it's really yeah. cool okay. with what happens and how it progresses with some of the most, I think, startling imagery. Uh, and, it again, this is happening in a regular-looking regular house, regular-looking neighborhood, and that's what's so disorienting. Um, so it doesn't take much to scare me and, uh, I get like chills all throughout my body. But if it, if there's subtitles, maybe because my attention will be away from the screen a little bit reading words, I might be able to do this. You can make, you can work with it. Trust me. It's, it's, it's that compelling. And again, I, I so want to give you little teaser scenes, but I want you to, to watch it and just get every second of it. I mean, for instance, I was watching Hubie Halloween on Friday night, and there there, there was a scene in in the basement of a house that I was like, okay, something's going to jump out and scare me right now, and I don't know if I'm prepared for this. You know, it, terrified is going to be a, a tough, but I would watch it. It's I'm that a, good. A bull. And the sixth movie is one that is absolutely <laughs> awesome. 
Mm. Awesome, awesome, awesome. There's a reason Stephen King and many other celebrated authors have celebrated Let the Right Thing, Let the Right One In as one of the greatest vampire movies ever made because it Ooh. is. Let the Right One In takes vampire legend and law and reveals pain and loneliness levels only hinted at in other movies. It's different. It has subtitles, which you're going to have to stick with. But the imagery and the story, when you've ever watched a vampire movie and said, I wonder... Why can't they go into a place without being invited in? Or okay. why? Or how do they? How do they conduct relationships? How they they ask questions and answer them and provide sort of sad context to the life of a vampire. In this case, a young girl who is obviously locked in more, you know in forever as a young girl. And uh, it's it's incredible. It's incredibly well done. It's a Swedish movie with subtitles. When did it, it come is, out? Uh, Two thousand. I think. Okay. Yeah. How do you stumble across some of these movies, Steve? Do you, uh, I, by accident, or do you are they suggested, I, or uh, by accident? Sometimes I would literally go to literally go to the um, horror movie sites and go to uh, you know, and even just in iTunes and and Shutter, which is a great uh, streaming service, for, I think from A uh, and E, and just look at what's being recommended and look what's coming out. And, and when I go through the trailers and the Apple TV, I always gravitate towards the horror and sci-fi stuff. Okay. The next one is a movie not a lot of people are familiar with. It's called The Void. And The Void is a certain type of horror film for a certain kind of fan. Think John Carpenter's The Thing meets H.P. Lovecraft with an extra helping of what the F. Long <laughs> story short, a cult of cloaked figures trap a police officer and staff inside a hospital where bizarre things are starting to manifest. Great? No. Good? Absolutely. It has. It's a low budget where they make a lot happen. And, you know, there's something about a whole bunch of cloak figures standing motionless, keeping them inside the hospital. And you're just asking from moment to moment, what's going on? Oh. And, and I, again, I don't want to reveal too much because you have to experience it to appreciate why it's so good. It's from the guy, as it says in the opening uh, credits or the trailer, from the guy who did The Witch, which is okay. a great movie. All right. And I think you've seen this next movie, Preston. It's called Event Horizon. Uh, and this is a horror science fiction. Yeah. It's way more horror. Uh, the spaceship Event Horizon was sent to test a new method of achieving light speed seven years ago, and then it suddenly vanished. Well, now it's back in dead space, dead in space, orbiting Neptune. What will the crew of the Lewis and Clark discover on their rescue mission to her? You'd be right if you guessed nothing good. So this has Sam Neill and Lawrence Fishburne and a couple of heavy hitters. The effects are great, but it is... Um, Yet again, it's one of those where they're trying to figure out what's going on. They recover some footage that shows you what was going on when the, the crew somehow was butchered on the on the ship. And um, you begin to realize about where the event horizon went and what it brought back with them. You know what? I didn't see this, Steve. I, I, it's something that's always been in the back of my mind to watch. And I, and I yeah. do want to check that out because it's got that sci-fi vibe to it again, as well. Again, is it a masterpiece? No, but is it solid and entertaining and uh it has some really incredible imagery. So, Event Horizon. Okay. Number 9 is a perfect Halloween movie. Trick or Treat is the a Christmas story for Halloween movies. Trick or Treat understands the passion we similarly minded fanatics have for this time of year and it runs with it. Sick, twisted, atmospheric, moody, and a legend in the making character named Sam little guy that runs around throughout most of the movie. Is that this uh, little yes, statue the sand guy that you have, have right here? here? Yeah. And what this is, think uh, Tales from the Crypt. Okay. Think um, a, a collection of stories, and it's sort of oh, paced uh, like a, a Quentin Tarantino film. 
timelines are are will all join up at one point, but they all run in different frames. Yes. So, okay, I might dig that. Yeah. So it takes all those classic sort of Halloween tropes, those stories that you you know campfire stories. And ties them together in a really cool way. And nothing is quite what it seems. Yeah. Right. They, they, uh, while we're watching the trailer here, it keeps showing clips of a uh, of a comic book. So yes. it's it very much creep show like Steve. A- absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I love this movie, and it's definitely mm-hmm. definitely caught on. I started watching this uh, last week, actually based on your uh, yeah. recommendation, Steve, and it was up on I believe it was AMC. Right. Uh, so I DVR'd it, and I started watching it, and uh, I, I will get back to it. But like uh, this, I think is one that I. I started watching it with my son, and, you know, he's only 13, and it seems like it's going to be okay it's, for him. It's the most fun of the cluster of mm-hmm. films, you know? So, And the number 10, and then I have a bonus, is one that I go to. People's always a- people always ask, because I mention it, The Descent. This one has been around for about 15 years, and at this point, it's the film people most ask me to give them the title to when I've talked about it on the air. The Descent could work entirely. As the story of an all-female group of spelunkers who get trapped in an insanely claustrophobic cave system, but uh, it's much more than that. Especially when someone, one of the girl, one of the women, thinks they see something down at the end of one of the caverns, okay. and it's often running from there. And oh. uh, it's, I mean, just the claustrophobic. I can't stuff, do that. Just yeah. the crawling through and rocks shifting and coming down and making things more. That enough drives you crazy yeah and then that's not it there's a whole other storyline that kicks on in uh which makes it great and finally bonus bonus movie right. <laughs> it's called midsummer uh, you t- oh yeah i remember this uh yeah i remember yes. seeing that when, when this first came out a trailer i didn't see the movie but yeah so take the classic quaint town full of rustic folk is an all that it seems scenario and give it a slow build to the point of cruel and unusual punishment and that is midsummer Either you'll love it because of its weirdness or you will hate it, but it's the kind of movie that disturbs the F out of you because these pleasant people in this Swedish town, uh, these young people go to check out the uh, the, the, the summer ritual, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of lore and a lot of legend, and it's one of those movies where you're every 10 minutes you're saying, leave, leave now, <laughs> yeah. leave now, and they don't, and it just keeps building and building and building. Look, I'm, Looking at the trailer, Steve, uh, I get a little flavor of Wicker Man. Very uh, similar to Wicker Man. Okay, which a lot of people didn't like, but the idea of a community of people that have this yes. ritual, maybe. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that is yes. kind of scary. A ritual that, say, only happens once every 90 years. Okay. And wow. uh, and so, um, and that's what makes it so... so uh, Wicker Man never quite sunk for me. Yeah. I, even both versions, the original and the and the remake. Yeah. This is this delivers on the promise of Wicker Man. Okay, all right, I like it. All right, uh, Steve's list is available at uh, PrestonandSteve.com, and I love it because it's not your standard. No, you know Halloween and Exorcist, and those have a place. They're classics, and they're they'll always be some of the greatest horror films ever made. So rather than just stirring that up again, you know what they yeah. are. Yeah. yeah, give you something new to watch. Maybe your uh, previous list um is it do we have that listed anywhere else because there are some other well, like session nine and- session nine is one uh the changeling they yeah. always end up on yeah I, I can i can put that list back up as well but for now this one is i think uh might get you going i wanted to ask you about kind of a subset of the horror genre right. which is uh found footage uh, i love found films. footage i, I know you too. and i are big fans yes yeah. because when it's done right yeah. I love it. Because I jotted down one, and I know it was a remake, but uh, Quarantine yes, so the, uh, scared the hell out of me. There's an original movie called 
REC Record, yeah. mm-hmm. which is excellent. Um, and Quarantine is excellent. Uh, there is a couple of other films that um, are in that Record trilogy that are, are really good as well. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Uh, and again, so uh, it, it's a little bit more brutal, the original versions. Uh, but uh, I think quarantine is really well done, and those yeah. you know we love Cloverfield too. Oh, I love Cloverfield. Uh, and there's there's actually a couple of channels that are nothing but found footage horror movies. No kidding. The thing is, they're so easy to make, yes. but they're so easy to make poorly, yeah, and really bad. So a lot of times you'll go through going, okay, where's the delivery? Where's the delivery? And it just doesn't come. There was a couple of them that were that way that I'm 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 in all the way, and then somewhere it falls apart. Which is Apollo 18 was. Pretty good, yeah. Um, and what Europa was, was one that that is the one where that it's a found that footage. They travel to Europa. It's a, it's a sci fi thing. Yeah, they land. They they and and they find. Um, is there something under the ice of Europa? And well, you watch the movie and find out. Ooh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then another one was um, it was one where they go to Chernobyl. Was it called Chernobyl? Chernobyl no. Diary. Oh. Chernobyl Diary. Yeah. yeah. Which Did you is, see that, Kath? No, but I just saw a preview for it. Okay. It's really good. Yeah. I think it's really good. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, there's there's a, there's a couple that are that are solid on that level. Yeah. Uh, but they're uh, and t- the Blair Witch is the one that that kicked that all off. That kind of yeah. got that started. So and the uh, the you know what the um, the Paranormal Activity movies. Yeah, those are found footage. They're, yeah, they're they're they work for me. You yeah. know, uh, they're not they're not always great, but if just give me something to work mm-hmm. with. Uh, a lot of times they they'll hide not having a plot, and they figure, oh well, this just looks interesting, right? And a lot of times they're wrong. <laughs> it's yeah, kinda, it's, yeah, you got to have something to it. Yeah, nice. Yeah, have you guys started watching anything scary? Have you, Steve? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah have yeah. you been October first? You start diving in? Oh, or? immediately. Yeah. yeah. And there's one that I just watched that didn't add to the list, but I would highly recommend it too. Called the Beach House. Yeah. So the the people go to the yeah yeah again couple goes to visit some family members at this beach house and you ever oh. Okay, go ahead. You Sorry. go swimming, and there's stuff in the water. Yeah, and it is it. It looks like little you know, like parasites, and it just keeps building and building. And if you don't like things with your feet, or <laughs> sores on your feet, <laughs> or worms, or tapeworms, uh-huh. or things like that, this is not the movie for you. But it is really well done. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to come up with something original and yeah, you know that really breaks the mold uh, when it comes to the horror genre. So it's great when they do. Uh, explore some other yeah yeah uh, avenues so you know what it, what it appeals to a lot of times is to first time filmmakers or, or their first films because you don't need a lot you just need to be creative yeah uh there's a terrifying movie i watched over the weekend called hubie halloween <laughs> it's unbelievable and there were a couple of scenes in that movie <laughs> that, that scared you scared me you yes. were scared like the basement you said uh yeah uh yeah. there was uh there was a scene in uh in a corn maze that uh, had jump made me jump. <laughs> Some of these movies, then I can guarantee you, will <laughs> kill you. You will have a full blown seizure. Uh, yeah, here's it. Uh, when I was a kid, Friday the Thirteenth, I I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't even watch it for a second. Like I had to watch it through my fingers and stuff. And when did you finally watch it? How uh, old were you? Like a couple of years ago, <laughs> and I was like, oh, this isn't even scary. Yeah, because. I just, you know, but for the time in 1980-something or other, I was like, this is actually really terrifying. And and then, but they've gotten so good at it over the past couple of decades 
that whatever they were doing back then, you know. Yeah, it, when I was a kid, it used to be just the idea of a scary movie scared uh-huh. me. So yeah, right. the first quote-unquote scary movie, which it wasn't even really that scary of a movie that I went to see in the movie theater, was Scanners. Scanners. Uh, yeah, uh, David Cronenberg. Dude's head explodes. Right. You know, so th- at the time, that was like, you know, horrifying to me. Yeah. But then I realized when I got out of the movie, I'm like, oh, that wasn't so bad. It wasn't right. so bad. And then I saw The Exorcist <laughs> in my world. <laughs> I couldn't sleep. For weeks, people it was terrifying. My father refused. My father took us to see like near porn level movies when we were kids, and and anything was up for grabs. He refused to take me to see The Exorcist. It was my mother that took me to a matinee of The Exorcist, and um, and it was great. I remember the story. My my uncle, it might have been Curtis, he had uh, he had gone to see The Exorcist, yeah. and before he came home, <laughs> he said. Turn all the lights on in the house. Uh-huh. Turn, put the lights on outside the house. Right. I'm going to be home in a little while. Yeah. It, it messed him up that bad. So, it, uh, yeah, there are movies that can do damage to you, and man. And some of the, these will in this list will live okay. with you where, yeah. you, where you're like, Christ, wow. man. Wow. There was a movie. Uh, I, and it's not just because of, it's not, gore doesn't. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't listen, have to be. I, I love it when it's, when it's used properly. Like, the void is very bloody. Yeah. But it's got to be creative. Yeah. So, it, you, you, you throw buckets of blood on the screen, it does... Yeah. Okay, it's got to be inventive. Terry O'Quinn, uh, the stepfather. Great. Okay, I does it hold up still? It does. It does. It does because of his, his performance is okay. so... Again, the slow build, the slow... Like, Session 9, again, is a movie that is a, a slow build, like... Okay, you know, let it breathe. You got to live with these. Like Midsummer moves at a very at a at a gradual pace. That's but new, right? That just came it's out. It's a couple years old. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not that old. All right, so you can go to PrestonandSteve dot com and you can see uh, Steve's full list and uh, and entertain yourself. And Annabelle approves. Yes. All right, we're gonna take a break. Uh, we're gonna come back in a moment. We can touch on horror films if you want to with Kevin Smith. Yes, he'll talk about anything when it comes to entertainment. So uh, we're gonna have him on uh, about an hour after that, around ten o'clock. Alan Alda on the show too. Uh, so we'll break and be back in just a second. Make sure you stay with us. Freshen up your look with a fall merch update at MMR's Rock Shop. Head to WMMR.com and grab the latest hoodie or winter hat. For all you Halloween heads, hit up aisle one for a flurry of ghostly face masks. They'll get you right in the spirit. And work nicely if you're one of those, this is my costume kind of people. Plus, gift cards, t-shirts, hats, and coffee mugs for a unique gift for that person who has everything. The Rock Shop at WMMR.com. Everything that rocks your wardrobe. And more. Don't forget uh, our friends at Pagano's Market and Bar here this morning. And as part of the Bud Light Platinum Seltzer Thursday Night Homegate kickoff, you can go to WMMR.com slash Bud Light. Uh, you can enter win all kinds of uh, cool football Homegate prize packs delivered safely by a member of the President Steve Show. And they are open at Pagano's. And they have contactless pickup and delivery options available for your breakfast and lunch cravings. And Pagano's is one of the great local restaurant partners of the Bud Light Platinum Seltzer Thursday Night Homegate Kickoff Series. So, if you would like to win a $25 gift card, I will take caller number 25. Hey! And we'll set you up with that. 215-263-WMMR. Call right now. Put you on the list. All right. Our guest is ready to go. He's always great to talk to. And about anything. Yeah. You actually... These are... 
This is an interview. Anytime we have him on where you actually get excited. Not, listen, not that we don't in other cases, but no. uh, this guy, he, he speaks our language. Well, and like last Friday when we had Michael Giacchino, the composer, yes. on for the entire show. Yeah. We could easily do it with uh, Kevin as well because he just, just like uh, Michael, just likes to talk about all things pop culture and movies, entertainment, whatever it may be. Please welcome the one and only Mr. Kevin Smith yeah. to the show today. Kevin, good morning, good sir. Good morning, Philadelphia. How are you, boys? We're good, man. Yourself? I'm so good. Wait, did Jaquino call in for the whole show or was he in studio? Well, we had a we had a hookup at his house so it we it was eventually it, it was essentially like a live studio feed from his house, and he had two of his musician friends there, and they played music all morning long. And he's got a, a solo album uh, that is out, and so he wanted to promote that. So he was on for the whole show with us. He got up at three and <laughs> yeah. came on the Holy air. Holy crap! Yeah, yeah. I, I felt pretty pr- proud of myself, going like, "Oh, I'm up at six o'clock. These guys better appreciate this." <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. No, we, we was getting up at 3 a.m. to make his mark. Is he a Philly kid? Yeah, South Jersey, South Jersey. Yeah, and and oh, so he's yeah he's been a, a a a friend to the show and 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 was listening to MMR when he lived in the area. But he did something Friday that was so cool, Kevin. On demand, he would play the overture, the the music from the Batman that he's currently working on because he knows what a fan I am. And, uh, it's, Are you kidding me? I he swear to God, he, from the Batman? he was yep. playing music from the Batman for us, and it was fantastic. Isn't it amazing how through the job you sometimes get to meet people that you're like, oh, my God, I've always loved their work. And then they deliver in a big, bad way. Where yeah. Not just like, oh, I'd like what they've done. That's a solid to give you guys a taste of the Batman story. Well, and that'll travel online. Well, you squarely fall into that category as well. Someone we've loved and admired for years, and you turn out to be just a great guy and always a great interview. So don't don't no give way, your, no show way. yourself short. This is, this is the Michael Giacchino Appreciation Hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kevin, I wanted to jump Kevin in here Smith because a, go ahead. No, I was going to jump in because um, we were actually supposed to. Last month, we were supposed to fly out west yeah. and do our shows from Michael Giacchino's house, his backyard. And I had called to let you know that we were going to do that. And you were like, oh, you're going to do a show at my house as well. I don't know if you remember saying that or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So we hopefully, someday, if, if, someday, if there's a vaccine, <laughs> who knows what's going to happen. Uh, what was supposed to happen last month will happen in the future. Please do. I got a lot of space here and whatnot, and I would love to be able to just roll out of bed onto the show. <laughs> <laughs> There's the today, dream. kids. Uh, today's a big uh, day. Um, one year ago today, it's our anniversary. Uh, Jay and I put our hands and feet prints in the cement at Groman's yeah. Chinese oh, Theater. Hey. Oh, I remember seeing the pictures, man. That's... You told you told us yeah. a great story about that. That was so touching. It's ended up in in uh, the best of. Um, you know, segments that we play on the show. That I mean, I don't care how jaded you get with Hollywood or whatever. That is the S, as they say. It was uh, honestly like I wrote on Twitter today because somebody posted about it and know today was the anniversary. And um, I, I put up that it was the single best day of my career. Like, you know, I, I've loved everything I've done, but that was the moment where I was like, Wow, they you know, my Sally Field moment. They like me. They really <laughs> like me. Yeah, it's it's a feeling of immortalization of sorts, you know. That you know, honestly, it was that. It was the feeling, not so much that I was immortal, but like 
it all mattered. Yeah. I did it. And nobody could take that away at this point. Like, you know, it, it, it was real. It wasn't a dream. And, and it wasn't just like uh, me and my friends and a few people that liked us. It was enough that they were like, no, you belong here with the Avengers and with Clark Gable and Harrison Ford. That, that, felt, that felt like uh, I, I'd finally arrived. After 25 years in the business, I was like, I think I'm here. Well, you know, with, with, with the last, with the, the Jay and Silent Bob reboot, with the, the, the film and, and the, the, the message and the, the gathering of familiar faces throughout your career, that to me, and I, we told you about this last time and the experience of seeing it. That 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 is such a, a a wonderful love letter to have in existence. I watched it again, and there's uh, you know, it, it you think of artists who who um God, whether the career was cut short or never got a chance to do something like that. That is sort of as comprehensive as that is in its way, and and it has to be a joy to you that you got that made and that it was received as well as it was. It was honestly like I, post heart attack. That was the only thing that mattered to me because I was like, I don't know if the heart attack comes back. Like, you know, I've ameliorated my health and by going vegan and dropping weight, but you never know. I had genetically, I've got a bad ticker. Right. So you, you know, it's not like, all right, I'm guaranteed another 20 years. So after the heart attack, I was like desperate to make Jane sound Bob reboot because I was like, there's my gravestone. Like that's what they could put right at the head of my tombstone, man. Like it will sum up my entire <laughs> existence. And so once the movie was done, I'll be honest with you. Like I thought that, you know, my heart would just be like, all right, now it's time and take me out. Like I thought I was, I was given that, that Anthony Hopkins extra few hours from, from, uh, from that movie with Brad Pitt, meet Joe Black. Right. Like I thought I was just extended to get something done. And then I was going to be taken away probably by, by a death that didn't look nearly as attractive as Brad Pitt. <laughs> but um, but yeah. instead, I just kept, like, living. And, um, you know, which is nice. Don't get me wrong by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, I'm a writer, so I look for perfect symmetry. And, like, that would have been a great time to die right after that. You know, <laughs> like where like, like the red like, shoes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He, he survived his heart attack. He put on a hell of a performance. We put him in the cement, and then he dropped dead. But instead... I've been lucky enough to be alive, and I, I'm working on E-Man all year, which is fantastic, gentlemen. I've seen three episodes now completely animated in color, and I'm, I'm happy to say, and this ain't just hype, this is one of the best things I've ever worked on in my life. I've now showed it to five people who had no connection to the cartoon just to be like, please tell me honestly what you feel about this. Wow. Not knowing He-Man, not knowing Master of the Universe. I did not show it to Motu people. I just showed it to people who like all sorts of entertainment. And it played for them in a great way. Like, I was so encouraged. Because for a while, I've been thinking, like, you're just close to it because you're the story editor, you're, the, you're in charge. And, 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 like, at the end of the day, of course you like the story because it came from you. But I have a team of writers I've worked with, and then I'm working with the, the, the crew of Powerhouse Animation for the animation. They're out of Austin, Texas. And everyone brings a piece of the pie to it. Like, when you do a Kevin Smith thing, it's Kevin Smith's lone voice. And if you like Kevin Smith, you might like it. But if you've never liked Kevin Smith, you're not going to like any part of it. Right. This is like Kevin Smith may be working on it, but it ain't a Kevin Smith thing. It plays like its own authentic story, and it doesn't, as much as it like uh, plays like the Masters of the Universe everyone remembers from their childhood, sure. it also plays like uh, this, the, the very next episode of that show as if the characters 
suddenly grew up a little bit. So it, 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 it plays it, like a Marvel movie. I'm so delighted. It, it's wild that you mentioned this. I just watched, I'm sure you've seen the documentary, Master, the Masters of the Universe documentary about, you know, all things lore and legend surrounding um, the yeah. animated series and the, and the movie. Uh, and uh, I love this. And I think I, part of this, Kevin, has to be a byproduct of the fact that um, a lot of the people who, again, like we, we, we've talked to Adam Goldberg about this. And I, I, apparently he's working on a, on a Goonies film or something. Yeah, like that. He's, yeah, yeah. He's been writing a Goonies movie for a long time. So the, the all the stuff that you loved, now these people, uh, such as yourself, are in positions of power to get these things done. And they don't get them done in a flippant way. There's a lot of real love behind these projects. Well, I just looked at, like, you know, we've all been loving the Marvel Cinematic Universe for the last decade. And um, it's that, those are my stories. Those are my the joy of my life, my lodestar. I, I love what they're doing in those movies. And, yes, I'm an adult, and I should be concentrating on grown-up things, but I don't, I don't care. So I know Alan Moore thinks they're immature and stuff like that, but, like, I absolutely love those movies. We use those movies as a model. And the model there is very simple. It's not in terms of uh, the plotting or the character, or the storytelling. It's just in terms of how you treat the material. Yeah. And for the last decade, we have watched people spend billions of dollars to treat IP from our childhood reverently. Like, through most of my life, they would be like, oh, we'll take this concept, and we'll change the costume, and change the backstory, and we're going to write our own thing to it. And now it's called Catwoman. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, you take a really good thing, and you just change it for the sake of changing it. These cats aren't changing anything. They're treating it reverently. And that's why when you watch those movies, you're like, wow, you can't figure out what the special sauce is. You're like, they're so great. What makes them great is they care more than anything else when they tell these stories. They care that they get the tone right. They care that you pre they present you with these characters the way you've historically always been presented with them. And then they just add one new facet, one new dimension. Like uh, in this world of Marvel Cinematic Universe, they're fleshing out what are normally like two-dimensional characters. Same thing here. We just got to like flesh out our characters. Our marching orders from Teddy over at Netflix, who's our boss, who's the biggest Masters Universe fan on the planet, <laughs> was treat this like Shakespeare. He's like, I grew up watching this and I thought He-Man was going to die in every episode. So give me those stakes. That I thought, you know, and if you remember those episodes, there was a lot of tumble, tumble salt. Yes. Nobody was ever crossing swords. There was never a real threat. But his point is like with this, like give it stakes, like make it epic. He said, I know this is some of the goofiest IP ever created, <laughs> intellectual property. He's going, but it's so rich yeah. at the same time. And he's like, just Game of Thrones it. And so with those marching orders, we were able to do something that was like, Turned into something special. Like, it, it kills me that I've got to wait until next year for people to see what I'm seeing. But mm. it is delightful. And when all is said and done with my career, it now stands as one of the things, like, I'm most proud of. Isn't that wild? And, and isn't that wild? I mean, is, it is nuts. If you had told me <laughs> at the beginning, like, you're going to you're gonna love this as much as you loved Clerks. And you're going to put it shoulder to shoulder with, like, the greatest stuff you've ever done, if not better than that. I would have been like, w with He-Man? <laughs> yeah, but that's that's the beauty. I just over the weekend watched for the second time the movie Bumblebee, which after a whole right. bunch of Transformers no, movies, right. I'm like, oh, my God, it, it because tonally, Kevin, it got everything right. And it's it just nailed it. Yes, absolutely right. And And there's reference there. And it's not like, you know, we're doing the same thing exactly from your childhood. No, of course, they had dimension telling the story. 
but you can tell that the storytellers are not treating the source material with disdain. They're not going, well, I know better and I can change this. Like when you treat the material reverently, you're, you're doing your audience a service because think of all the people who grew up watching this thing. Right. Like, you know, recently, I, I, a few years ago, I wanted to do a Mallrats sequel, and it was called Mallrats 2, Die Hard in a Mall. And it was basically <laughs> like literally Die Hard with Brody playing the role of John McClane. And I wanted to make that because I told Jim Jacks, the producer of Mallrats years ago when we were on set, he was like, you know, they're going to want to make a sequel. This movie's going to make $100 million. He was off by $98 million. <laughs> But he's like, they're going to want to make a sequel. You're going to want to have to have a story ready. And I said, I got one. He goes, what is it? I said, Mallrats 2, Die Hard in a Mall. Because all the, in 1995, everyone was making a Die Hard movie, Die right. Hard on a Train, Die Hard in a Building and stuff. So I was like, we do it, and it's in a mall, and Brody becomes John McClane. And then uh, Jim Jack is like, oh, I love it. So years later, Jim Jack dies, and I was like, I'm going to finally write that Mallrats movie and make it in Jim's honor, and I wrote that version of the movie. And then um, now, as we head toward next year, uh, making Mallrats 2 in 2021, which we now call Twilight of the Mallrats, I was like, um, you know, I had hacked up Mallrats 2 for Jane Silent Bob reboot. The entire third act of Jane Silent Bob reboot was originally the entire third act of Mallrats 2, including Iron Bob. That was all written for that Mallrats 2. Oh, that's great. So I hacked it up, and then when, you know, suddenly at the end of Jane Silent Bob reboot, Universal had done the foreign component of the movie, and they were like, hey, we want to keep working with you. What do you want to do next? And I was like, well, I got something over there that I, I made that I would love to play with, man. And, that you know, I was like, I would like to go to Mallrats. I wanted to do a Mallrats sequel before. So they were like, all right, let's do it. So I was faced with the choice of, like, do I try to repair the Mallrats 2 script, and we were write a brand new script. And this is when I had this come-to-Jesus conversation with myself, which was, if you loved Mallrats, and you, somebody was like, guess what? Believe it or not, they made a sequel to that movie 25 years later. <laughs> and you're curious enough to make the trip, because you're like, I loved Mallrats. Right. And then he walked into the movie theater, and it was literally just Die Hard with Brody. And it had no connection, really, to the other movie, other than, like, the same characters. But you're like... Was there a mall? Was there a diehard joke in Mallrats that I'm forgetting? It would have been a completely different experience that would have left people baffled. So instead, Twilight of the Mallrats plays exactly like the Mallrats sequel that anyone would expect. It, it starts off with two people getting broken up with and then spending their day at the mall, just like we did back in the day. I, and I, you know, everything's changes. Everything's different now. But I realized I had that moment where I'm like, I am. It's a disservice to the audience to give them something that like I was once like, oh, this is the sequel to Mars. When I really thought about it, I was like, no, you have to treat this reverently. You can't just like walk in and be like, hey, this is what I think Mallrats 2 is, and have it not resemble the thing that people have loved for 25 years. So I learned that on Mallrats, and then I took it into Motu as well. You know, but I, I, again, key was the Marvel Cinematic Universe, watching them do it time and time again and realizing the secret sauce for me in their movies is how seriously and reverently they treat the source material. They don't disdain it, don't talk down to it. They they cherish it. They celebrate it. So and then that's 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 what, that's what makes it work. And also, you you, you take something and you, the point you made is is so lucid and correct. Which is, why are you taking something that a fan base loves? I, you know, I, I saw an interview one time with Mark Knopfler from Dire Straits, and he talked about playing solos in you know for songs in that the people are very familiar with in concert. And mm -hmm. he came to the realization that he could, you know, do a quarter of a million different solos on a song and they would all be great. 
But the people have come and they've, they're there to hear the solo they associate with that song. And so yeah. he realized that he had to separate what he needs to deliver to the audience as an artist and, and appreciate the fact that they love that and, and do it that way. You know, and 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 when he it, it sort of freed his mind a little bit when he did that, and I think a lot of times you remember at the beginning when the 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 X Men movie started coming out, you know, and and they they altered the costumes and so on and so forth. They make a passing reference to it in the first X X Men uh, movie, uh, Wolverine's costume, and you know the statue. Yeah, and all he that says like yellow spandex. Got the yellow spandex line. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, but there's still you know people people that's important to people, mm-hmm. and and so your, your your point is very well taken. Um. And and Kevin, something to to illustrate that, and and I know this is something you love because I watched. I think it was from Comic Con last year, but um, uh, where they took the source material, uh, and and added some more heart to it was Cobra Kai. Uh, and- oh my God, I love this show. I, I, look, the whole world, the whole world loves this show now. But like, you were on. Uh, I, it. I was watching, yeah, from like the beginning of season two. I wasn't there for season one. I'd heard about it. And then, of course, you know, I saw billboards, and I'm like, YouTube? YouTube's doing original shows? <laughs> and then I never caught up to it because you had to pay for YouTube. And then I heard from someone, I forget, somebody was like, you should watch Cobra Kai. I watched one of the first three episodes they put up, and I was like, wow, this is pretty dope. So I joined YouTube just so I could watch it, and I, I wound up binging those first two seasons in the span of, like, four days. Yeah. It was beautiful. I, I got to, you know, I do the IMDb interviewing during uh, the the, the the San Diego Comic-Con every year, not this, this year because we were all hiding from COVID, but for the last five years prior to that, and I get to interview people. So while I was there, I got to interview the whole cast of uh, Cobra Kai and give them a love letter right there on camera because it is wonderful. They're doing the Lord's work with that show. <laughs> I forgot how much of a, of a Karate Kid fan I was. Me too. I started watching Cobra Kai, and I was like, oh, my God, this continuity is in my DNA, like the DC stuff and the Marvel stuff. like. Yeah. I know all this, and every time there was a, like an Easter egg or like a, like he showed they showed Allie texting or something, I was like, "Oh my God, the universe <laughs> is crashing in on itself! Like this is going to happen next." Yeah. So they they asked the people um, behind the show. I got to meet those cats when I was uh, interviewing the cast at uh, San Diego Comic Con. Those cats are so in love with the source material. You want to talk about treating it reverently? Holy, holy crap! Um, and now they're being overly rewarded, and I don't mean overly like they should get less, but they're finally getting all the propers they deserve because Netflix picked it up, and the rest of the world has been like, holy crap, this show is amazing. Yeah. So now we're all waiting to find out what happened to Miguel. I thought it was just, <laughs> yeah. just going to be me, and it's been hard carrying that cross since I saw the final episode. But now I've got the rest of the world to commiserate with. We're yeah. all like, he better be okay. Yeah. It, yeah, it's. It, I was so surprised at at uh, how much heart they were able to. I thought it was just going to be a parody, uh, a, a goof on you know the characters and what they're up to now. Right. And show after show, I found out. Wow, this is this has got me wanting more, and this is taking it in directions that I didn't anticipate it in. And it was so easy to want more. And and like you said, they treated the source material reverently. Reverently, they keep going back to the source material. And it's just been perfectly done. And I I didn't think I'd like it. And I loved it. Doesn't it choke you up, don't you? Or flat out make your eyes well up whenever he reminisces about Mr. Miyagi. Absolutely. Like, what a beautiful, uncomplicated relationship. You yeah. know, you don't flash back and go like, oh, but he taught me these things. Or he touched me or did this one thing. <laughs> it's just a warm, 
flashback to a man who took an interest in a kid and saved his existence and gave him the tools that he would need to be a grown-up for the rest of his life. That's at the root of that story. Yeah. So um, as you see, like, you know, what happened to the kid as a kid, he now passes on as an adult, just as he was saved by Mr. Miyagi. He gets a chance, both of them, both Johnny uh, and, and Daniel, get a chance to, to mentor just as they were mentored and do it better. It's a story about, like, getting it right as a parent. You mm-hmm. know, it's really beautifully done, man. And, and one of those things where, like, when you watch it, at least for me as a creative, it literally makes me want to hang my hat up because I'm like, oh, they got way better people doing this than me now, so <laughs> I should step away. I feel the same way about Lovecraft Country. Whenever I watch Lovecraft Country, I'm like, I call myself a storyteller. I've I've I've, story I've heard telling. people yeah people rave about that, and I want to get on board with that. You're you're, is, you're giving it, it the thumbs up. Absolutely. Oh my God, it is spellbindingly good. I mean, never mind the effects. Never mind the fact that they could do almost a different genre while doing horror every week. Um, it, they're doing some of the most original and satisfying storytelling I've ever seen on television in my life. They told a story in this week's episode, the way, one that just passed, that has such a beautifully written poetic ending uh, that I, I was, as a writer, gobsmacked and, and like, you know, tipped my hat. Like, I, I could learn from this program. Such fantastic storytelling. Um, rooted in genre and right. taking Lovecraftian concepts, throwing monsters into the mix, <laughs> throwing dimensional travel into the mix, throwing like body uh, dismorphication into the mix, all, while telling very human stories about monsters. Incredible. Uh, that's definitely worth a watch. Okay. Raised by Wolves on HBO Max. Again, that's the uh, the Ridley Scott series, correct? So damn good. It's some honestly some of the best sci-fi. Between that love for Craft Country, some of the best sci-fi they've ever made in our lives. Um, Raised by Wolves is a story of, like, the end of humanity and two androids who are sent off to a planet to raise what are, like, six or seven human embryos to try to restart the human race. And it is so sci-fi. It's not pew-pew lasers in space (laughs) sci-fi. It's like Omni Magazine sci-fi from the 70s. I love that, yeah. It's, if you're into sci-fi, it's a trippy series. Beautifully directed, beautifully written, um, beautifully shot and acted. It's definitely worth your time. What else have I been watching? I just finished on Hulu, Monsterland, which was an anthology series. Really, really great. Well done. Kind of like a Twilight Zone or a Black Mirror, but each one has a monster kind of theme to it. But, of course, the theme is... Are they the monsters or are we? Right. The we, we, so we, do you like Monsterland? Monsterland. Were you Monsterland. A, a Black Mirror fan? You you of the of the series? Oh, uh, unbelievable. Absolutely. Well, I was I was uh, of course a Twilight Zone fan going way back yeah. to childhood. So when Black Mirror happened, I remember being like, Oh my god, this is like modern day Twilight yeah. Zone, but through the mirror of technology and even darker. And uh, Charlie Brooker, man, one of our greatest storytellers, because. Those are parables, man. Like, just like, you know, when you used to read the Bible as a kid and they tell you a story, Jesus tells a story, but really it means this. Black Mirror, those are absolute parables, modern-day parables, that if you don't pay close enough attention to them, we will slip further and further away from our humanity. So not only is it entertaining and scary to watch and thrilling, it can also help your life. You know what I'm saying? If you let it, good entertainment can do that. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, you, so you're mentioning these monster things, and there's this movie coming out that I just became aware of yesterday called Love and Monsters, I believe. Uh, have you okay. seen anything about this? 
No, what is it? All right. So uh, apparently there's like an apocalyptic uh, attack on Earth by monsters. And uh, this boy and a girl are at some point separated. And now they're living in this, um, you know, underground apocalyptic sort of world. And he eventually finds her via, you know, transistor radio or whatever. And then he's like, I I got nothing else to live for. I'm going to go find her. And so she's 80 miles away. And so it's, it's his journey to go find her. So the the uh, kid that is the the main um, protagonist protagonist in the movie, uh, you know him from like the Maze Runner and a couple of other movies. So he was uh, available for an interview. I'm like, what the freak is this movie about? <laughs> and I watched the trailer. Rooker's in it, right? And I'm like, okay, like I'm on board now. This this movie looks uh, silly and fun and adventurous and all that. So I wasn't sure if maybe it was on your radar at all. And the kid from Maze Runner is Dylan O'Brien. Yes, yes. yeah. I think I saw, like, something for this. Not a trailer, but I think I saw a thing because I, I interviewed the kid years ago. He's a really nice kid and stuff. So when I saw him pop up and stuff, I was like, oh, I remember Dylan. So it's called what? Monster what? Love, Love and Monsters. Monsters. Love and Monsters. I'm in. I'm going to check that out. <laughs> uh, I have not. I hadn't heard it yet. You know what I've been watching a lot of? It's Halloween. So uh, Halloween time, spooky movie time and whatnot. Uh, Hulu has this full curated collection of Blumhouse movies that didn't go theatrical that are incredibly satisfying. Like, to the point where I'm like, I want to make one of these, man. It seems incredibly low risk. They're very low budget, simple concept horror movies, like most of the Blumhouse stuff is. So there was this one movie called The Lie, which doesn't play like a normal uh, Blumhouse kind of uh, killer movie or something like that. It's about a girl who, like, uh, in anger, pushes her friend and she you know, falls into a ravine and dies. And then her parents have to try to cover for her um, and try to keep her from being detected. Wow. And so it's like they slowly sl- – and they're both divorced, but it brings them oddly closer and stuff like that. It was incredibly well-done character study. It's got – what's his name in it? Uh, Peter Sarsgaard, the guy yeah. who's married to Maggie Gyllenhaal. So he's always a really dependable, wonderful actor and stuff. Um, it's got Joey King, the girl from Kissing Booth. She plays the daughter. Yeah, she's but great. It wasn't your, she's wonderful. It wasn't the typical, like, Blumhouse, The Purge, or Happy Birthday, or whatever. It was a, a little, uh, it was like, uh, I don't know, like, not a cut above, but telling a different kind of horror story. I like that. So he's yeah. got a, a few of those. I, I think it's called, like, Blumhouse Collection or something. But there are a bunch right now on Hulu that I'd never seen. So me and the wife have been ticking through them. And some of them are really, really good, man. Like, so they're worth a uh, look right now if you're looking for something to watch, particularly Halloween time. All right. So I want to circle back to what you were talking about with Black Mirror and the TV shows um, maybe making your life a little bit better. And uh, one that we've talked about, I I finally finished over the weekend, was Social Dilemma. And I want to know what you might think about that. Um, I thought it was wonderful. There weren't many um, aspects of the interview footage uh, you know, with the people who actually worked in, in big tech uh, who were like, I don't let my kids go online. I had seen those, uh, maybe not the same people, but interviews of that nature before. So it, it really solidified some like online videos I'd watched that were kind of worrying. Uh, the thing that like I didn't think was necessary in the social dilemma, this is unnecessary criticism because it's totally worth watching. But I didn't need the recreation stuff. I love yeah. that actor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who was in Booksmart? But like, you know, I'm, I'm smart. I, I know it's a, <laughs> it seems to be like a Netflix generation documentary thing where there's like recreation, and they think they have to entertain you to keep you in your seat. But I would have preferred just more talking heads of people saying scary things rather than like 
look at what could happen. You know, I, I'd rather hear what's right. happening. I'm wondering but, if, uh, that, if that might have been put in there because I was thinking about showing my teenagers that to kind of hold yeah. their attention a tad bit, you know, it's, and explain it's what it. it feel, it's, it's what it feels like in terms of uh, the Netflix documentary where they're like, look, our algorithm tells us that people aren't going to sit through talking heads. Right. They also want to be entertained. <laughs> yeah. so, They're holding so we're going to... We're going to stick a little movie in because <laughs> you can't get away from the algorithm. You cannot at all. But it's definitely worth watching. I'm certainly not telling people, oh, stay away from it. Um, but for me, I just would have preferred more people right. talking about the scary present rather than a little movie about what could happen to your kid. I wanted to but it, it's definitely worth watching. I want to ask you, Kevin, about the uh, there's a you're doing a movies pop up in Chicago. Am I reading this correctly? Yeah, we announced, uh, what is it, yesterday, I think we announced uh, Movies, the, 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 the fictional, where it is. Yeah, the fictional, the, 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 fast of course, food joint. yeah, everyone knows the fast food joint, but you're actually setting up a pop-up one in Chicago. Yeah, we did it first out here in Los Angeles at the beginning of the pandemic, and it went insanely well. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, Derek, our partner, he's done a series of pop-up restaurants. He did one many years ago. Uh, called Saved by the Max. They did the Max Cafe from Saved by the Bell. It started in Chicago. That's where Derek was from. Then he moved it out to Los Angeles. Um, and he's been out here ever since, and he does pop-up restaurants. He was supposed to be doing uh, one for Clueless to celebrate Clueless's 25th anniversary, but Paramount pulled out uh. because the pandemic was happening. So he called me, and he was just like, hey, you got a fake restaurant. Would you want to <laughs> fill in the gap? Because otherwise I'm going to fire a bunch of people at my restaurant. And I was like, yeah, let's do a fake movie. So we did it. We gave money to charity and stuff. It worked out incredibly well. We were only going to do it for a month, but then we wound up doing it for two months. And at the end of that, uh, the restaurant in, in New Jersey, in Red Bank, where I'm from, Gianni's Pizzeria called up and we're like, can we do it? So then we moved movies out to New Jersey and did it there for a week. And it was incredibly successful. So now we're going to Chicago. We start uh, October 30th. At St. Louis Assembly, we take it over and cosplay it as a movies for a week. So me and Jay will be out there, and then we'll also do Jay and Tom and Bob Get Old on, on November 1st at the McHenry Outdoor Theater. But we'll be there for the pop-up. And this is actually what 2021 is going to look like for us. Because, you know, you got to remember, as much as, you know, we make movies and stuff like that, the real bread and butter, how I pay for everything, is I live on the road, live performance. Yeah. And... That has kind of shifted dramatically. Now, you could do some drive-in shows and stuff, which is wonderful, but that you're not talking about commensurate numbers with where we used to be with a live show. Like, during the Jay and Tom Bob Reboot Roadshow Tour, we were servicing 1,000 to 1,500 people a night inside a packed room. Yeah. We won't see that again until, like, two years after the vaccine shows up. So suddenly you're like, how do we make our living? What do we do? How does one pivot? And movies has become this wonderful pivot, man, where suddenly it gives us a reason to go to a place and put on a show and have it be connected and stuff. And so it's one more way for us to engage with the public. And we've done it now twice safely. Nobody's gotten COVID at either location. Everyone wears masks, keeps socially distant. And it's a reservation system. So it's not like 500 people are in the parking lot. You have to show up at your appointed time. So we're able to space people out. That's awesome. So it's it's been really incredible. It's been fun. Uh, like, especially, I guess, during the you know, quarantine, like it went over well for people who are like, I've been stuck in the house like yeah. months. This is the funnest thing I've done. <laughs> so we're going to keep doing it in, in 2021. And I know for a fact, I can't say what month, 
but we've got a Philly date. Oh, so nice. Come to Philly. Yes. Ooh, I want an egg and movie muffin. <laughs> you're going to have it. You're yeah. going to have an egg and movie muffin, a cow tipper, tater tots. You're going to have everything. <laughs> a cow tipper sounds good about now. <laughs> but to quote the great yogurt, where the real money is made is merchandising. <laughs> oh, you are so not kidding, man. We, and, and also, like, for us in... Uh, you know, we've got a comic book store in Red Bank, New Jersey, Jay and Silent Bob, yep. Secret Stash. So when we opened the movies uh, in Red Bank, you know, it was even for just for a week, but it was at Gianni's and it's down the street from the stash. There was a question of like, do we bother selling merchandise? Because the stash is down the street. They could just walk to the stash if they want to. And the last minute we were like, nah, let's just have merchandise there because it's a fun experience. If you could walk in and see stuff and buy stuff as well. And I'll tell you right now, selling the merchandise at the location, even though we have our own store that was a mere five minutes away, <laughs> sells almost the exact same stuff. We made incredible amounts of money on merchandise, more than we ever have previously. I love that. So it, it, it suddenly we realized, oh, my God, this is like when we were kids and our parents would take us to Ringling Brothers and we're like, can I get the light? Can I get the pennant? Can I get the book? Yep. When people go, go to an event, they just want to walk away with the souvenirs. So yep. we're like, we're happy to provide them. So we're making movie masks, movie hats, movie shirts, and stuff like that. It's been fun, man. It's really a fun way to earn in a world where suddenly our ability to earn was wished out from under us. Okay, when can we expect to hear about the Philadelphia announcement, the date? I would say uh, by... Hmm, I would say it's it's happening in the first quarter of 2021. Right. So okay. probably after the new year, you're going to hear something. But get ready, folks. It's going to be fun. Hey, Kev, I got a question about. Uh, listen, you're, you've been a creator in Hollywood for a long time now. Um, I have a question about whether or not positions exist for people who just have ideas that maybe don't have the uh, wherewithal to see anything through. Casey's an idea guy. <laughs> I'm an idea guy. Yeah. I'm an idea yeah. guy. By the way, <laughs> Zack Snyder and a whole bunch of other people have gotten this pitch, so he, he, he was going to get to you eventually. It's not necessarily a pitch. I just want to know. I, I, listen, I, I think I have a really decent idea for at least two seasons of, of a Netflix or, or Amazon Prime show. Uh, I have a couple of ideas that I think are good movie plots. Is there... Is it, does that job exist anywhere? Absolutely. It's called producer. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of producers who are like, look, uh, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to tell the story, but I know what the story should be. Um, an idea person absolutely exists in this business. Now, if depending on how successful one is at their job, like let's say you're a successful producer like a Joel Silver, then you're going to get to tell your story over and over again, your ideas. You don't have to tell the whole story. You just have to come up with the idea. Uh, a, a white cop and a black cop trying to work together or something like that. And then somebody goes, oh, I can run with that idea. Um, that's how a lethal weapon comes to be or something. So that position does exist. There are, like, people who are just like, I got an idea, but that's it. And they're definitely called producers. But to be fair, that's also what a writer and a director does as yep. well. Like, I have an idea. They just follow the idea you know, uh, doggedly uh, until its natural conclusion to make sure the story is told. But a producer does that in a different capacity. They find money, they find stars, they put the people together that are going to make the movie happen and stuff. So it's this very, like, you know, if you watch Wag the Dog, Dustin yeah. Hoffman's character as the producer is always going like, you can't explain it, what a producer does, but like a producer is necessary. And that position does exist. You can be an idea person in this business. Um, that's that's the job. I, I have to ask you, uh, while we have you, 
uh, the Flash movie coming out, um, and they're they're working on it, and the idea of a uh, Flashpoint plot line that brings together Michael Keaton, possibly Christian Bale, and Ben Affleck, all those Batmen showing up in the same film. Do you think this is going to happen? And uh, what's your take on all this? Oh, God, yes, it's happening. And right now it looks like there's an arms race, a cola wars, if you will, mm-hmm. between Marvel movies and DC movies, both of them making multiverse movies at the same time. So it looks like Spider-Man 3 is shaping up to be a multiverse movie with talk of multiple Spider-Men, you know, a Spider-Verse, including uh, Jamie Foxx, uh, his Electro coming in from that universe into the current Spider-Man and Marvel Cinematic Universe arc. Um, they're talking, there's been teased rumors of Tobey Maguire and uh, what's his name? Uh, the other one, Andrew. Andrew Garfield. What is it? Garfield. Andrew Garfield showing up in the movie. And over on the DC side, of course, we've heard, like you said, Ben Affleck coming back as Batman, uh, possibly Christian Bale, like uh, bringing in Michael Keaton for the Flash movie. So it sounds like both camps are making, like, big multiverse movies. We know for a fact that Doctor Strange is called the Multiverse of Madness. And we've seen from the trailer of WandaVision that the story there is that, you know, Wanda is somehow trying to keep Vision alive and creating a new reality, which could in turn be creating a multiverse. Like, that's because the very next movie after uh, WandaVision is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And Wanda plays a big feature in that movie. So they're teeing up. For a multiverse, so that the next movie after Multiverse of Madness, Spider-Man Three. By that point, we will fully be in an integrated Marvel multiverse. Meaning, like just as we saw them pull J. Jonah Jameson <laughs> from the Sam Raimi movies to suddenly be uh, in in the current incarnation of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is going to start seeing a lot more of that. I think. So by he, the time he... we get to Spider-Man Three. It's just a, a bunch of doorways to other movies, which uh, is going to be fantastic. I wow. love and hate multiverses because I, fi- I find that they're, they're, they can be fantastic and they can be awesome as far as incorporating all these possible scenarios that you just described. And then sometimes, in a way, I think it robs some plot lines of, of finality and relevancy. Yes. Like, well, it's okay because we'll just go to Earth 156. You're absolutely you're absolutely right. One of the reasons I fell in love with the DC Universe post-crisis was the simple timeline. Like, everything happened, and here's how it happened. Um, prior to that, you know, the multiverse storyline, where it's like, you know, on Earth-6, Batman's married to Catwoman, and they got a kid, and that's the Huntress. Right. You know, stuff like that. It's fun to be able to diversify and tell a bunch of stories. But then your continuity, you know, is like, well, there's 19 Batmans. Which one do I care about? Right. So... If you explode and make a multiverse, it means that there's a story coming where everything has to implode and collapse like a crisis. So I'll take that. Like, they can do as many multiverse things as they want for a few years because then sooner or later the big story is going to be like, it's all collapsing into one. And, you know, I've lived I've lived through that in comics once, so I'm yeah. looking forward to living through that in the movies again. No, I, I agree. That's awesome. All right. It's a lot to take in, but uh, we, we love it. We love this little uh, peek into the into our world of what we love and, and entertains us. Uh, but, uh, Kevin, we got to wrap. But nonetheless, I'm excited to hear that Philly's going to get a, a movie pop-up. 
So we'll we de- want the exclusive on that. Yep, we will hear more about that. <laughs> believe me, when when it's time to announce, I'll be on with you guys saying where it's going to be and when it's going to be for absolute Excellent. sure. All right. Well, listen, brother, it's good to talk to you. Hang in there, you know, with all the craziness in the world, and we'll, we'll chat again soon, okay? It's true. Kids, be a light. You are a light. You know it right now. A bunch of people stuck in their houses, terrified of the future, man. They need familiarity. They love listening to their Preston and Steve. So you uh-huh. guys are doing the Lord's work right now. Well, <laughs> very kind. Thank you, Kevin. We love you. Kevin yeah! Smith, guys. Take Thank care, you. bud. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, my God. Talk so for hours. Goddamn. Hours. He's just the best. He's the man. All right. I we don't got... know why he suddenly became a, an old Southern man. We got to take a break. Uh, we are going to come back in a moment. We're going to get Alan Alda in, in just a few. I know. I mean, yin and yang. It's all over that. the place. But I love him, too. Uh, and he's talking about nerdy the science Flash stuff. Movie. Which we, we're not talking about Flash movie. Science stuff, uh, which we love as well. We'll come back. The Bizarre File is coming up, too. So stay there. We'll be back in just a moment. Joel got kind of hosed on that whole basketball bracket thing back in March. So we're bringing back the bracket with MMR's Rocktober Madness. Beginning today, listen as your favorite bands battle it out and you decide who wins. Starting with 64 bands split into four regions. The Air Pancake, Preston Steve, Jackson Sarah, and Jackie Brent. Matchups every weekday at 11.30 a.m. and 1.30 p.m. with Pierre and 3.30 and 5.30 with Jackson. And that's where you come in. Pull up the app or WMMR.com and vote for your favorite bands to move on or go home. It all comes down to one band. Crowned champion of Rocktober Madness. Sponsored by Horizon Services. Heating, cooling, plumbing, and indoor air quality. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. So we have a secret text word. Chance for you to win a digital download of Zack Snyder's 300. And just text word secret to 39333. And uh, we'll bounce a word back to you. See if you get that word and call us in a little while. And we'll grab a, a random text or two. We're scheduled to have Alan Alda on any moment now. You know what I'm going to do? We let's let's start the bizarre file and see how long really? before he calls it. Okay. Yeah, we might you be able bold to... move. Right, let's do it for Annabelle. That's right. Now, <laughs> WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's bizarre. bizarre file. All right, brought to you this morning by Horizon <laughs> Services. Takes the stress out of fall heating problems by taking fifty dollars off any heating repair. Plus, get a free one inch filter, two year guarantee included. Horizon Services. Dot com. Well, it started as a snake bite that could have been a mistake for a freckle, but it turned into a helicopter ride to a Flagstaff hospital and then a flight to a Phoenix ICU, all because of the anti-venom. She believes it's from her allergy to horses, though. It was Allison Redmond's first time in the Grand Canyon, six, uh, six days backpacking her dad and eight brothers. They stopped at Thunder River. She said she felt something on her toe. It said it felt like something going in and out. First, we thought it might have been a stinger from a bee or a wasp. Uh, a night of sleep and swelling happened. Redmond was flown out of the Grand Canyon. Paramedics convinced that it was a snake bite. What her was pro- it? Well, it was. So her problems yeah. got worse when she said she was given a higher dose of anti-venom. She said, I looked at the nurse and said, something is wrong. And because they were wearing a mask, you could see their eyes got huge. All I anti- think you made a mistake. Well, here's the deal. All antivenoms, and I didn't know this, are made from antibodies from animals, and there are several different types. Redmond took an antivenom that was created from a horse 
which is what she is allergic to. Uh-oh. Uh, and the doctor on call said this is so rare because all hospital-use antivenoms usually don't have a trace of the animal that it came from. Redmond was rushed to Phoenix after she went into anaphylactic shock, and it could have been deadly. Uh, she recovered in three days after she said she received a different antivenom. This one came from a sheep. Uh, and it's going through the whole barn. Yeah, the doctor said I can be around, or she said I can be around horses and not go into shock. Uh, it could be a happy coincidence. So yeah, it was the fact that it was taken from a horse and she was allergic to it. But of course, they had you know a snake. It was a rattlesnake. So the lesson: so. don't go outside. Don't go outside. Yeah. Don't get bitten by a snake. Don't use horse infection. <laughs> horse use. Anti-venom, and you'll be okay. You'll be fine. All right, that's the only story you have time to get to, because sure enough, right on time, our guest is ready to go. I think we spoke to him years ago. He's great. He's wonderful. He's, he's an outstanding actor in so many great things throughout the years that I don't even have to bring them up. But he's also a science buff, and he's really deep into this, and I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I was yeah. looking at some of the, the topics for his uh, one of his podcasts, and it's right in our wheelhouse. The dude is juggling three podcasts, mm-hmm. Clear and Vivid with Alan Alda, Science Clear and Vivid, and Soldiers of Science. Please welcome Mr. Alan Alda Yay! to the show this morning. Morning, Alan. Good morning. I, that, that, that's a really nice introduction. Thank oh. you. Thank you, sir. So, uh, science been a part of uh, your interests most of your life? Yeah, it has been. When, from the time I was a little boy, I was an amateur inventor. Ah, I, 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 yeah, you know, I actually invented something when I was ten. That a year later came out on the market by coincidence. It was a lazy Susan. For inside the refrigerator, so you didn't have to reach to the back. You just Get out of here! In the wheels. Huh. Yeah, and they made they made it, but they only produced them for about a year because I think there were bottles of ketchup flying around. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you don't think of the practical aspects and what might happen. Yeah, no, it, no. Uh, you know what? It was just an idea, Alan. I've I've always been fascinated. I mean, they're all different angles of science, but but the. Uh, the engineering side of things, I've always found uh, just unbelievable that people are able to come up with the ideas and then go through the process of eventually being able to make these things, to physically make these incredible pieces, all the way from simple pieces of machinery to unbelievably complex things. Um, do you cover some of that in these uh, podcasts that you cover? Yeah, occasionally. And very interestingly, the second one you mentioned, Science Clear and Vivid is the precursor of the kind of technology you're talking about. That's that's what we talk about. The what we don't what we don't usually think about is that the technological advances we can make, the things like cell phones or GPS that we all carry around in our pocket. Right. That wouldn't be possible without the understanding about how gravity works that Einstein came up with a hundred years ago. Hmm. And he had no idea that that would lead to carrying that would be there would be such a thing as GPS. But without his basic research into the way nature works, we wouldn't have it. So, science clear and vivid is a ten-part series that deals a lot with what's called basic research and the need for it, because that's from that comes. The technological advances, the, 
the uh, engineering things that you were talking about that have given us the riches that we have as a country. Yeah, I've, I've heard I've heard uh, one scientist describe it um, as you know standing on the shoulders of, of giants, and and we're, both President and I are, are massive fans of of the space program and NASA and the early days. And you you look at all of the inventions and all the the, the tectonic shift in, in technology that occurred just from that sort of truncated rush, you know, to put a man on the moon and all the things we still use just from that explosion of learning and invention. It's amazing. It really is. And we have to we have to not neglect the science that's driven by that just by curiosity. Yeah. How do things work? Because there's no immediate payoff in view. But the more you know, the more you can take what you know and do something with it. So, so that that's what that that shows about. And that that's fascinating to me. Yeah. So uh, one of the I, I think it's uh, three shows is a lot, but clear and vivid. I was looking at some of the the topics, and there are things like um, you address uh, artificial intelligence and things like why mosquitoes choose certain people. So it's uh, that and 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 the medical realm. You you talk to uh, Dr. Fauci. You talk to um, uh, other people, celebrities. You've talked to uh, Phil Donahue and, and Marlo Thomas, who we had on the show as well. So all all things uh, are up for grabs, apparently, correct? Yeah, and with a, with a slant toward understanding a little better how people communicate with one another better, yeah. how we relate to each other. So, for instance, it, every aspect of life, like husbands and wives, or the guy who was the FBI hostage negotiator for a long time. And he he got hostages released using techniques of communication that he says can be very helpful in a marriage. With, with the FBI? <laughs> I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to wrap my mind around that. I, I bet you it could be. I mean, there's, it, it, many would consider, consider that a similar scenario. So uh, marriage and a, and a hostage situation. <laughs> yeah, but you know, we cover we cover all the bases. Yeah, but he had an interesting. Go, go ahead, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, no. It's, it, I was just I was still processing that. But go ahead with what you're going to say. Well, I was going to say he had a very interesting technique when he was talking to somebody who had taken somebody hostage. He would let them know that he understood what their complaint was. You feel this, don't you? You feel right. that. But he would phrase it in such a way so that the person wouldn't be inclined to say, you're right. He wanted them to say, that's right. Huh. That's subtle. Isn't that interesting? Because if he says, you're right, he's putting himself under the, neg- the hostage negotiator. Okay. If he says, that's right, he's on top of things. So those, those little tricks that's actually part of, of marriage counseling i yeah. you know i'd gone with my wife and, and you there there are little subtleties that you know in in, in like with asking a question uh, you know I, i've i've learned about just the way i ask my wife questions that and how she reads them mean everything so little adjustments can yeah. make a world of difference Right. Like, for instance, it's not a good way to ask a question to say, you're wrong, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a bad setup. Not so good. (laughs) Uh, Alan, with uh, Clear and Vivid with Alan Alda, I know that you've had some some big name uh, celebrity guests on the program. And uh, some of the names I see highlighted are Tom Hanks and Yo-Yo Ma and, and Paul McCartney, of course. And what are the discussions that you get into with them? Are they science in nature or is it about communication? It 
it goes every which okay. way. But sometimes it's, it's it, sometimes it's an example of communication. Paul McCartney was a great a great example of that. He he started it out. We didn't even say hello on the show. We were just talking and kidding around. Yeah. And he, it starts with this this sound. <laughs> he was showing me. He was showing me one of his vocal warm ups. <laughs> so we had right, right. And so the first thing you hear is that. And then and then after that, we we were so comfortable with each other. He trusted the the, the conversation so much right. that when I asked him after about ten minutes in, I said. Your melodies are so amazing. They, they're played all over the world. They're so memorable. How do you find the melody? He said, well, I noodle at the piano. Mm-hmm. And he felt so comfortable. He said, here, there's a piano over here. I'll show you what I mean. Wow. And he started writing a song on the piano during the podcast. I don't think he's ever done that in an interview before. Wow. And that, to me, that was an example of trust that can come about if the two people really make a, a connection, that they make so contact are, with each other. Are you saying we can expect a Sergeant Alda's band uh, album coming out? <laughs> yeah, yeah my, they're working on my costume now. <laughs> I love it. Well, Alan, I love that you're so passionate about these these three projects and that uh, people can access them at, at any time. They're three different podcasts, Clear and Vivid with Alan Alda. Science, Clear and Vivid, and uh, Soldiers of Science. So it's wonderful to be able to to do something that you love so much, and, and we're very happy for you. It is, and thank you for talking with me about Absolutely. it. I really appreciate it. We're huge fans. Thank you so much, Alan. Alan, yeah. all the guys. What a nice Excellent. guy. Excellent. Super nice guy. He's such, He's a, such nice, a nice guy. Nice guy. <laughs> what a nice from Blazing Science. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so we only have one bizarre file story. I'm sorry. You want to do uh, one more? Well, I I paused it, so I didn't yeah. stop it. So the the music is. If I hit this button, it's still there. Right. And there it is. We can go back to one. Right. How about that? Because it's like it never happened. Some uh, some other good things, uh, and then we're gonna have to take a break. <laughs> there you go. We're and we're back. Uh, so a Loyola University graduate took part of her bar exam. While in labor, gave birth, and then finished her test. (laughs) Wow, man. Brianna Hill knew that she'd be pregnant while taking her final test toward uh, becoming a lawyer. But when the coronavirus pandemic changed the timing, she suddenly realized how pregnant she would be. She said it was supposed to be in July. That date was moved to October. She knew she'd be taking the test remotely in her home, but that there would be technology used to watch test takers and to keep them from cheating. So on Monday... A very pregnant Hill sat down at her desk to take the first part of the exam. She says, I was ready to go, confident. But minutes into her test, she went into labor. She said, I didn't think about it because I was in the test. During a break, she, she made a few important calls and then went back to finish the rest of her exam. She said, I cleaned myself up, called my husband, and the test kept going. She completed the first portion of the exam and several hours later gave birth to a healthy son, Cassius Phillip. Wow. But... There was still another day of testing to go, so she determined to finish what she started. She is still in the hospital, spent the following day taking the final leg of the exam. She said, I woke up, they set up a spare room for me, they put a do not enter sign on there, she breastfed during the breaks, and eventually completed her exam. So did everybody in the class see her vagina? I don't know about that. No, they they didn't see the delivery. Oh, okay. Hill said she experienced preterm labor while studying for her test, which helped prepare her for what she would ultimately go through. Uh, she doesn't know if she passed yet. Uh, she is set to find out in early December. So 
She soldiered through it all. That's Lucille, I have some news for you. You failed. That's <laughs> what? Unbelievable. And then one other story, and then we'll wrap it up. The owner of Bumpy's Polar Freeze in Schenectady, New York, has been arrested for allegedly following an altercation. For I'm sorry, arrested for assault following an altercation with a private investigator. Police said that David Elmendorf was arrested after the victim, Ronald Hilton, received a puncture wound to the back of his head area from a pen. Hilton says he was serving legal documents to Elmendorf when Elmendorf assaulted him, stabbing him once in the back of the neck with a ballpoint pen. So he didn't want to get served these papers. Yeah, so he stabbed him. And he took the he took the pen and stabbed wow. him. Wow. Uh, Elmendorf was previously arrested after allegedly threatening to shoot protesters that had gathered around his ice cream shop. <laughs> Officers say a pellet gun was found in his vehicle when he was detained shortly after the incident. The protesters had initially targeted Bumpy's uh, after allegations emerged that he wasn't paying his employees and had been using the N-word in a number of text messages. So he Sounds like a dude. prince. Yeah, stabbed the dude with a ballpoint pen. He killed the man with a pencil. <laughs> Baba and then, Yeager. And then one last story. A, uh, I'll do one more. Because right. it involves a rattlesnake but like the other story did. But a man who was wanted in Idaho uh, called police because he was bitten by a rattlesnake. <laughs> Ryan Paul Henry had gotten lost in Hell's Canyon, tried to find his way out when he came upon a rattlesnake. Baker County Sheriff's Office dispatch received a call from an adult male stating that he had was lost in the Hell's Canyon area, was on foot, and had been bitten by a rattlesnake. Uh, Henry officials, uh, officials, I'm sorry. Uh, okay, he got bit by a rattlesnake. Uh, Henry gave <laughs> officials a fake, t- fake name. He was later identified as Henry, who had a felony arrest warrant out for him in Idaho. Search and rescue team was preparing to respond. The decision to cancel the search and rescue mission was made. Let him die. Based on the discovery of the warrant and the suspect's uh, history with law enforcement. He got bitted. So bitted. So bitted. Uh, the, sh- <laughs> the sheriff, six deputies, and U.S. Forest Services officials responded to the area, and two boats were launched in the Snake River to search for Henry. Shortly after 10 p.m., the officials found Henry, and after being assessed by paramedics, he was arrested without incident and taken to the county jail. And there you go. There you go. That's what I have in the Bizarre File. Bizarre File, file Alan yep. Olden, more Bizarre File. There you go. All right, we need a caller for the secret text word. Kathy, I need a number caller, please. 12. All right, caller number 12-215-263-WMMR. If you know the secret text word, you should call us now. We'll find out if you do when we return, and we have a prize for the person and a also a random text that we'll grab a prize for. Back in a moment. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on the MMR mobile app. If you're ready for love and ready to get engaged, visit Steven Singer Jewelers. He makes buying an engagement ring easy online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Foo Fighters still alive in uh, October Madness. You know what? I'll get through the details uh, in a little bit when we get into music news about that. But it is coming up today at 1130, starting at 1130. Uh, 1.30 and then uh, 3.30 and 5.30 today. But there are some there's some head scratchers, man. There's some yeah. weird stuff going on there. But you know, I'm kind of liking it. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's not the, it's not, not predictable. Yeah. I think it's cool. 
Uh, so we're going to find out what happens today, but I'll get you the details in, in the matchups. But Foo Fighters still in the game at this point. All right, we were looking for a secret text word caller, number 12, and that is Carrie that we're going to go to. Hey, Carrie, good morning. Good morning, it Presbo. Hey, good morning it to you, too, Carrie. All right, so yeah. what's our secret text word? It is muscles. Muscles! That's correct. And, uh, Carrie, we're going to set you up with a digital download of Zack Snyder's 300, which has loads of muscles in it. So congratulations to you. Thank you. Yep, hang on just a second. Spartans, prepare for glory. Relive the greatest underdog story based on Frank Miller's graphic novel. You can own it now in 4K Ultra HD. It's a stunning-looking movie. It is. Yeah. And we have a random texture that won as well, and that is Ben Woods of Elkins Park, PA. So he gets the exact same thing. I haven't watched that in quite some time. I remember when it first came out, it was like, you know, because it was the, the graphic novel, I believe, is from uh, Frank Miller. Yes. Yeah, so it's a um, it's it's really cool, and, and what they did was amazing. Yeah, it's over the top. Yeah. But it's over the top awesomeness, right. and cinematically, it looks really, really cool. So, All right, we're going to ask today's lesson question. We're going to give away a pair of tickets to, see Bates Mo- to go to the Bates Motel and Haunted Attractions. And the question I have for you this morning, which two items can end up on shared microphones? <laughs> I'm going to do this. I'm going to say, actually, it's spit and what. Okay. Uh, 215-263-WMMR. That's from back in the stupid question earlier in the 6 o'clock hour. So what two items can end up on shared microphones? Spit and what? 215-263-WMMR. Call now. We'll do the trash while you're calling in. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. And it is brought to you by HERS. Behind every excellent game day is a bag of tasty HERS snacks. Enter HERS upgrade at, uh, enter HERS upgrade your home gate at WMMR.com uh, to take your game day to the next level. Perhaps. Got to break out the uh, the hers. Enter hers, um, comma up or dash it update says, your. Enter hers, upgrade your home gate. Okay, uh, we'll go WMMR. with that. All right, yeah. figure it out, <laughs> Steve. What's going on this morning? <laughs> well, Kristen Stewart admitting she's very nervous about mastering Princess Diana's accent for the new movie Spencer. Stewart says while she's just begun doing research, she's favoring a British accent. So that should be interesting. Rosie O'Donnell appeared on Red Table Talk where she spoke about coming out as gay immediately after 9-11. O'Donnell candidly admits that while it did draw attention from her announcement, she now regrets coordinating the attacks with bin Laden. Oh, Oh, God. And finally, before the split, Brad Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie purchased Chateau Miraval in France, and now they've launched a new champagne called Fleur de Miraval. And just as with the famous couple that helped create it, Fleur de Miraval reportedly captures all the emotions associated with abuse and abandonment. Wow. <laughs> That's your Hollywood show. All right. Thank you, Steve. I, I think that this, sponsor- <laughs> this sponsorship is supposed to say, enter hers and upgrade your home game oh, at yeah. WMMR.com. Hmm. That would make sense, yeah, right? Yeah, that, that do. Okay. All right. So I just want to make sure that we got that right. We don't F with uh, hers because yeah. um, I, I live on the cheese balls. Yes. I'm a ball man. And make sure it's written properly. All right. Go F yourself, San Diego. Let's uh, <laughs> see if we can get an answer to because I will read it as is. Uh, let's see if we can get an answer. Is, uh, what two items can end up on a microphone, on shared microphones? Spit and what? 215-263-WMMR. I'll go to John. Hey, John. Hey, how you doing? Good. All right, so what two items can end up a shared microphone? Spit and? 
That would be Spitzgerb. Say say the last word again. Gerb. Gerb is correct. You got it, John. Hang on a second. We're going to give you a pair of tickets to Bates Motel and Haunted Attractions voted the number one haunt in the country. Your last chance to get half-price tickets is on the deals page at WMMR.com. Time for music news. Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. This just in, gerb is actually a word. Nick looked it up. Uh, A gerb is a type of firework which produces a jet of sparks, usually lasting between 15 and 60 seconds. It's not my gerb. So it's like a fountain. I love those gerbs. Uh, It is a thick-walled tube filled with pyrotechnic composition and possessing a choke, which is a narrowing in the tube. Gerbs are often referred to as fountains. That's what it says here. For me, okay. it's more like snot and food. That's a gerb. Yeah. I've never, never once heard that <laughs> term before. All right, interesting. Gerb. All right, music news uh, is brought to you by Salus University. Salus University offers some of the fastest-growing and highest-paid health professions in the country, including optometry and audiology. Salus University, the future of health science since 1919. To apply, you can visit salus.edu. I guess I should have my music news ready. All right, here we go. Five Finger Death Punch has officially confirmed that Andy James has replaced guitarist Jason Hook. Andy! Uh, Guitarist uh, Zoltan Bathory had said at a press statement, Andy completed our European tour with us back in February, so he was already tried by fire. We instantly clicked, both musically and personally, so he was the obvious choice. It is a pleasure to announce the addition of Andy. Uh, Hook had... Uh, emergency gallbladder surgery at the end of 2019 and left the band a few months later to address further complications. Uh, He said in a statement, I've been in bands my entire life and I feel like I've done all the good that I can here. It's time to pass the baton and move on to new challenges. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. It's happening under, uh, you know, good circumstances in that there's no strife or anything like that. Corey Taylor's first solo album, CMFT, debuted at number one on Billboard's current hard rock albums chart this week while claiming the number two spot on the current rock albums chart. Huh? What? <laughs> this is this another hers commercial? It must be. It's, I, okay. okay. Anyway. Yeah, that's the same, that's the same chart. There's no, there's no words there's no on words it. There's no words on it. I can't read it. Globally, CMF. I can't read it. There's no, there's no words on it. Uh, globally, CMFT <laughs> has debuted with top ten entries on the official album charts in Australia. We'll do it live. And <laughs> and Germany as well as top twenty debuts in the United Kingdom and Japan. Uh, C- CMF- we'll do it live. <laughs> CMFT is available on all streaming platforms with limited. That is pure anger. <laughs> it's just like... Well, don't lie! F*** it! Why do you think he was freaking out that? Do you think he had somewhere to be? Uh, maybe. maybe. I, I think he was just being a dick, and I also think that uh, everyone probably on that stage knew what play us out meant. Yeah. And so you, he, and he, for as many years he's, as he's been in the business at that point, had never heard anybody say "play us out," yeah. and so he, he he was embarrassed, and yeah. I think that was part of it. But yep. it's like it's like anger from inside out manifests itself in Bill O'Reilly in this. Well, court. do it live. <laughs> <laughs> I can't read it. 
There's no words on it. I can't read it. There's no there's no words on it. <laughs> thing sucks. <laughs> Just builds and builds. <laughs> Jackie Bam Bam plays that all the time. Does he? And I laugh every time he does it. Absolutely. All right. Uh, this is pretty funny. Tommy Lee got a big shock from his wife, uh, Brittany Furlan, on Monday when she decided to help her husband promote his new album, Andro, in her own special way. She had his black 2018 Rolls Royce Wraith wrapped with the image of his album cover. Uh, they posted the big reveal on TikTok where Lee can be seen covering his eyes as Ferlin leads him out of the front door of their Calabasas home. His reaction, however, was less than enthusiastic. The expletive-filled video shows Lee asking, what the F did you do to my car? Oh, my God. It's a Rolls Royce. Yeah, and it's, and it's pink. Yeah, Okay, yeah. so she changed it pink with the album on it. Uh, she said... <laughs> He said, the black was so expensive. What did you effing do? You want me to drive this around? Uh, She responded, I put your album cover on it. Look at how good it is. And uh, it says, Tommy Lee Andro. It's got the colors. It's so dope. Now you can drive it around and do your own promoting. You don't even have to hire a publicist. Oh, dear God. Look at how many people that are going to see. Tommy Lee Andro. Yay, he loves it, she said. So... I don't know if it was a setup and they did this. Uh, yeah. yeah, you or... can't do that to a Rolls Royce without letting the person know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Lee's Andrew album will be released on Friday. By the way, you remember from before the the one of the car shows? We were with Karen Rogers from Six ABC, and I was we were in a Rolls Royce. Uh, that was a. I think it was a Wraith. It was a Wraith, yeah. So had the suicide doors on. Oh it. my god, it's so cool! And in really the doors cool. are compartments for you to slide your umbrellas in. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, Metallica is second all in my hands, helping hands concert and auction will take place live on November 14th. Uh, the special acoustic show will stream live from Metallica HQ. will benefit the All Within My Hands Foundation. Details of uh, the helping hands auction items and experiences as well as how to bid on them are uh, actually will be made available closer to the event. ACDC's music is no stranger to the NFL, which only underscores why the band would promote its upcoming album, on the NFL Network's Good Morning Football show, uh, Angus Young Skyped from Sydney, Australia, and frontman Brian Johnson was live from London. Johnson shed light on the recent power-up recording sessions and what it felt like to uh, be back recording with the band after a five-year break since the last time. He said, there's nothing like unfinished business to finish. And, you know, we went in the studio and the old magic was there and just that old bond of, you know, guys that have been going together for 40 years. Uh, Angus and Johnson were asked their personal thoughts on American football. Hang- I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's precious. Uh, Angus said, all I know is that there's a lot of big guys. You know, they're Herman Munster size, he said. <laughs> okay. Uh, they're about nine feet tall, you know. They're all pretty big fellas. And he said, it's a bit Star Wars in a little way with the big helmets and all that equipment going on. And, and he running go- and uh, pushing... And, uh, what? No, he like he, I don't. I don't know why they're interviewing him on a football show. He has no idea about football. He just writes rock music. It's just silly. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So they they well, they're promoting it on the network. Oh, I know, there, I so. know. Uh, anyhow, I uh, said that uh, they really do look. <laughs> they really do look like gladiators when they're going at it. And uh, Brian Johnson said uh, it's an exciting game. You know, these guys are just all pumped up when they're playing. It's an amazing game. 
Uh, so that's what they had to say about it. But yeah, they don't. They don't know. They're not from here. They don't nah. know. It's American football. They don't. They, it's not. They can go thing. to hell. <laughs> go straight to hell. And then one last story. Sting's 1981 police standard. Every little thing she does is magic. Scored a 2020 BMI award for recognition for nine million plays on U.S. radio. Uh, Sting has been racking up the prizes with uh, 2019, seeing him win an award for 15 million radio performances for the band's Every Breath You Take. Uh, Sting.com reported that the award saw Van Morrison being recognized for 13 million for Brown Eyed Girl, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards for 10 million plays of Can't Get No Satisfaction, David Coverdale and Bernie Marsden for 6 million performances of White Snake's Here I Go Again. Gary Kemp of Spandau Ballet for 5 million spins of True. True. And Peter Gabriel for 4 million plays of Sledgehammer. What, what song has the most spins? Is it in that uh, list? Uh, it isn't, but I'd be curious to find out. Hmm. Uh, that's BMI's... I'm sure it's another Spandau Ballet song. Award for recognition uh, for U.S. radio. So I'm not really sure about that, Steve. Uh, Sting revealed that he'd be releasing a career-spanning collection of duets and collaborations later this year. And that's what I have in music news. I have one last $25 gift card to give away from Pagano's Market and Bar. And it will take call number 15 at 215-263-WMMR. And we'll set you up with that. And don't forget that they are here as part of the Bud Light Platinum Seltzer Thursday Night Home Gate Kickoff. You can visit WMMR.com and slash Bud Light uh, to enter to win football home gate prize packs delivered safely by a member of the President Steve Show. Uh, everything you're going to need delivered to you for your at-home football weekend in style, like case of Bud Light Platinum, a set of custom WMMR Bud Light Platinum Seltzer pint glasses, and a gift card to a local restaurant like Pagano's Market and nice. Bar there at 2001, which is 20th and Market Street. Uh, Philadelphia. So check them out also at Pagano's Market and Bar.com. We have one more break to take. So let's do it. Come back in a second. Three letter word for the word of the week prize. I'll tell you what it is when we get back. Stay with us. Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger begins Monday, November 16th at Xfinity Live inside the Wells Fargo Center complex. You heard correctly. The event is a little earlier than usual. This difficult year has made it even harder for area families, staring food insecurity right in its face. Which makes the Camp Out Business Challenge more important than ever. Props to Subaru of America for leading the way, challenging other area companies to get involved. It's effective team building for your staff as they rally together to help fill abundance in their mission to drive hunger from our communities today and end hunger for good. For those who go the extra mile, there are prizes for the top three business challenge donations, including Preston and Steve broadcasting live from your place and for your staff. Go to WMMR.com for complete details and a list of especially needed food items. Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger from 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. One of the things I forgot to point out was not with that song, but the song before, which I think is when we played Everlong from Foo Fighters, uh, finished the birthday tribute that Casey did for Connor, whose nickname is Moose. It's his birthday today. I didn't even realize that. Casey spelled out the word Moose yeah. with the titles of the songs, the first letter in each uh, title of, uh, in the title of each song. And he could give you the rundown. I don't remember what the songs were. I just know it ended. I with can do it. Oh, it was uh, it. Memphis, Midnight Train to Memphis. Midnight Train to Memphis. Then One Step Closer by Lincoln Park. Uh, Open Your Eyes by Rival Sons. Sex on Fire by Kings of Leone. 
And then Everlong, because uh, Foo Fighters are his favorite band. Oh, and a nice way to end it, too. <sighs> yeah. Well yeah. done, sir. Well done. So I got to the bottom of this, Preston. What would... You, Behind you just every walked, walked into the studio. Oh, the hers yeah. sponsorship. Behind every excellent game day is a bag of tasty hers snacks. Period. Enter hers, and this is the it's this is the title of it. So enter hers. Upgrade your home gate at wmmr.com. Okay. To take your game to the next level, you got to break out the hers. So you want to enter, and so it's uh, hers, upgrade your home gate. should say enter the phrase. Yeah. Hers at, okay. Yeah. We're working with these. It's all kids. good, man. Yeah, yeah, we're trying to get it figured out. You're out of No sad, bro. Not really. You had to run, down, run into the <laughs> sales department to get that work yeah, I just wanted to, well, because they they were like, no, there's there's no mistakes there. And I was like, hmm, are you sure there's no mistakes Well, there? in the interpretation, so, yeah, yeah it's listen. You know. So I was like, uh, all right, and you're really smart. Not so. everyone agrees on the meaning of Moby Dick. So she said, yeah. get yourself a new map and i did (laughs) shouldn't there be an apostrophe after hers like h-e-r-r-h-e-r-r-s apostrophe no because well you have to enter hers is part of this phrase that you have to enter and Uh, i I would imagine if you're entering as a code online they're not gonna you know add the punctuation as but i know what you're saying because hers is more plural right it's the name of the the contest Mm -hmm. is it's under the hers umbrella Well, if only I had forty empty tubs of cheese bowls. I know. Mm-hmm. But you're entering, you, you enter hers. Upgrade your home gate. Not yeah. not enter hers. Oh. Upgrade your home gate. Mm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, something like that. It's got to be. They'll figure it out. There's free stuff involved. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I want to thank our guest. We had Kevin Smith. Talked about everything from uh, scary movies to Cobra Kai to Masters of the Universe to Mubi's pop-up restaurant coming to Philadelphia after the first of the year. Yeah. So a bunch of stuff. It was always, uh, it's always great to catch up with them, and that was uh, definitely the case this morning. And then we had the great Alan Alda. Yeah. Alan Alda promoting his uh, three podcasts, Clear and Vivid with Alan Alda, uh, Science Clear and Vivid, and Soldiers of Science. He's a nice guy. Nice guy. You know, this episode, one of my favorite MASH episodes was on the other night that I wanted to add. I, I like the funnier MASH as opposed to the very serious MASH. There were some good serious episodes, but mm-hmm. remember the episode where they created a, a, a captain named Tuttle to get, some, um, to get some supplies for a local orphanage? So they created this guy who was supposedly in the camp. Okay. And just as, like, you know, uh, somebody would come in or, like, you know, Frank would come in. He just walked out. He just walked out the tent, um, like, 30 seconds ago. Really? And th- they just did this whole yes. thing for the entire episode. Oh, and then, yeah. And then he died. And right. And so, they, and then, uh, you know, they came by and... Uh, uh, it was this this elaborate thing that was just great, and I guess he had he had exemplary uh, uh, like Frank wanted right. to meet him really exactly. bad, right? yeah. yeah. And, and Loretta Swit and Hot Lips was sure she'd had an affair with him, <laughs> and so they were they were all you know seduced into this thing that did, this guy that didn't exist. I loved that show. Yeah. Yep. So it was nice to have him on this morning, and thank you also to uh, Pagano's Market and Bar at Twentieth and Market. Two thousand one Market Street, uh, Philadelphia, for stopping by and giving us some food this morning, and also some great prizes to give away, uh, which we did. And they're part of the Bud Light Platinum Seltzer Thursday Night Home Gate Kickoff. So you can go to wmr.com slash Bud Light uh, to enter and win some football home gate prize packs delivered by a member of the president, Steve Show. That's right. Pierre's here. Hey man, how you doing? Good. That guy really sounded like all Alan Alda, too. <laughs> he did, didn't he? Yeah. It was a bad phone connection, but he was good. Yeah, I mean, but that voice is so distinctive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. 
Uh, so, did you miss us yesterday? I missed you so bad. We missed you. I cried the whole show. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. Yeah, it, I mean, it was a sad <laughs> show. It was a torrent of tears. Bill said he spent <laughs> half your shift hugging you. Yeah, he did. Yeah. A torrent of a tears. A torrent of, it was the, yeah. It was the, um, it Torrential was the, tears, yes. Are they coming back? Uh, please let them come back. Please. Um, wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll never do it again. Please don't ever leave again. Uh, let's do the letter of the day, if you don't mind. Yes. Here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. All right, the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. T as in torrent of tears. Of tears. Of tears. We have a $400 Resorts Casino Hotel gift card to give away. Resorts Casino Hotel is using the most advanced air purifying technology to ensure... That your game experience is fun, exciting, and worry-free. Room rates starting at $69. You can book your stay by visiting resortsac.com. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. So we give that away on Friday, which I'll remind you is day after tomorrow. That's a good week. It is a good week. Uh, what's up on the show today, Mang? Well, competitions, Preston. You've got some <laughs> grease in the game today, Yeah, as they say. Yeah. Uh, for example, uh, uh, we've got Aerosmith against DMB, Dave Matthews Band. Uh, Nick is rooting for Aerosmith at uh, 1130. I was pretty surprised um, Dave Matthews Band beat The Who. I was, too. Uh, yeah. But there have just been a whole ton of surprises. Uh, you know, Pearl Jam lost yesterday, the day before, to Yes. Uh, but um, I'm, I'm, I don't care. And I don't, yeah. it's not that I don't love it. I do. But it doesn't matter to me if my, one of my favorite bands loses or not. It's A, it's not up to us. And B, it's just, it makes it fun, you know. Yeah. And so the, so many surprises coming down the road are, are enjoyable. No, it is fun. Um, when the guy, it was Sublime against Bon Jovi. And Sublime won because this one guy called and said, I got free pot if people will vote for Sublime. <laughs> Campaigning like that. Yeah, and and it's Sublime, it, we're way behind. And I swear to God. All of a sudden. And it was total bogus. I mean, the guy didn't have free pot, even though he said he lived on Stony Brook Lane, 420 Stony Brook Lane or some such thing. And then Sublime took over and actually won. You just never know. How was that matchup with uh, Led Zeppelin and Van Halen? How how bad? How It was close. Was it close? Zeppelin won at the very end. And I was surprised by that. I really yeah. thought Van Halen would take it. Just out of the, yeah. what, the passing of Eddie. Yeah. And then did Bowie uh, lose to the Foo Fighters by four votes? Did I read that correctly yesterday? I, I don't know. I know it was really tight. Me. Yeah. Um, yeah, so and Foo Fighters have won before. Uh, we should assemble a list of previous winners. Uh, but um, yeah, so as you said earlier, it's a head scratcher. Yeah, you know. But that's kind of, well, that is kind of the fun of it. Too. The big big upset was even though I'm more of a fan of Stevie Ray Vaughan than Tool personally, I didn't see that coming. Right. I thought for sure Tool would handily take right. out Stevie Ray. So. Exactly. And yes, over Pearl Jam. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that I was, love yes. I, I'm, me too. I'm a big fan of that stuff, but I also. Uh, you know, I, I I dig Pearl Jam. Yeah. Does Yes go up against Genesis, or did that yes. already happen? It's coming up. Yeah. So so you mentioned Aerosmith and Dave Matthews. Okay, right. So yep. uh, and then uh, in your category at one thirty, the President Steve category, it's STP versus ACDC, the initials wow. against the initials. Uh, then uh, Jackson at three thirty's got Prince against Tom Petty, which is really interesting. And then uh, another uh, game you've got Gas in Preston, which will be uh, the five thirty game, the Jackie and Brent category, Shine Down versus Rush. So you've got a Brent band and a Preston band up against each other. Now that one, I'm full on pulling for Rush. I definitely, cool. I definitely want them to win. So I'm curious about the Prince pairing, Preston. Be against Tom Petty, because Tom yeah. Petty seems the obvious. Right. Yeah, yeah. 
But you can't say there's an obvious anymore, right. you yeah. know? Uh, yeah, we pulled this up. It, it did, uh, As Nick had said earlier, Foo Fighters did win by just four votes over uh, David Bowie, so it's close. Your man. vote matters. Your yeah. vote matters. Get out and vote, not That's only right. in this, but in the real election, uh, which is less than a month away. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Uh, anything else you got? Yeah, we've got Workforce Blocks of Rise Against, uh, Moody Blues for Justin Hayward's birthday, and a request for a block of ghost today. Wow. Excellent. All right, let me thank our sponsors. Preston and Steve Show is brought to you today by Duncan, the official coffee of the Preston and Steve Show. Also by Acme Markets, fresh foods, local flavors, and by LASIK Experts. Book your free LASIK consultation today at LASIKExperts.com. Uh, tomorrow on the program, ah, comedian Steve Byrne. Love oh, having him on. He'll be great. joining us. And uh, we'll have stuff to give away, things to do, stuff to talk about. That's uh, it. Yo. Oh, I thought you were saying... I was laughing at that. That is it. We're done. Rage on. Have a great day, and we shall see you tomorrow. The Breston and Steve love you. Hate you. Live. I think what we want to have to look out for now, since the weather's getting cooler, is winter bush. Next message. I love you guys. Oh, my gosh. Effing awesome show today, guys. The musical scores, the Hollywood backstories, the geekery. It was all freaking phenomenal. Tip of that. You guys are amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks. Next message. Next time you go on the hike, you should call me Rambo. Because you know what I do? I did the cougar and broke it into the safe. It stinks. And he'll be like crying because I'm going to make him up bloody. Just remember, call Rambo. The Preston and Steve Love You, Hate You line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less.